you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were rich, Eisen. The second will be, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmire. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We have got a great one in store for you. We have got Jim Moore Sr. back in the mix, the official podcast movie reviewer and his famed Diddly Poo rating system, Jim Moore Sr., back in the house and same with a podcast favorite. Uh, one of my good friends here in Los Angeles who also happens to be one of the more creative minds I've ever come across as his credits certainly... Um, Project. Let's put it that way. He and his writing partners are uh, the guys behind Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David and also the last handful of Sasha Baron Cohen films, including The Dictator, which is available for you to see in a theater near you right now. He is also the co-creator, director, and co-executive producer with his wife of The League, the fantasy football-related comedy on FX, Jeff Schaefer will join us here as I will try and get some stories from behind the scenes of The Dictator out from him and also uh, get the latest on Curb Your Enthusiasm from Jeff Schaefer as he joins us. Big Browns and Seahawks fan, a very odd a very odd hybrid, but uh, that just makes him what he is. That's Following what makes the him Mike tech. Holmgren path. Maybe so. I mean, somebody's got a root for those teams, right? Good to see you, Chris Law and Chris Brockman. Rich Spoken like a Rich. true patriot right there. <laughs> what a, could that have been the most arrogant thing for you to say? He's a masshole. What can you do? Well, we're, nice. We're, look, we're going to have Matt Light on later in the week. I'm just getting ready. You're getting ready for I'm Matt Light. just getting Light. ready for Matt Light. Yeah, Matt Light's later in the week. Uh, and Brian Dawkins as well. All of that for... Uh, B-Doc. He's, he's, the, he's the quintessential, that guy can play for me type when, guy. Yeah, when I found out he was coming, I mean, my second favorite all-time Eagle behind Randall Cunningham. Wait till, the com- wait till we hear the conversation. Because uh, uh, that's the neat thing with these two players this week. Matt Light coming up later this week. And same with Brian Dawkins. Two of my favorite interviews to... Uh, players to interview in in the uh, years that I've done yeah. this on the job because uh, Brian Dawkins you know he's a very serious guy he can be also a lot of fun too um, and the, <clears throat> he's going to take us through the way he prepares for a game uh, you know what his nickname is right his self-called nickname his uh, maybe not I it's don't know. Call, he calls himself the idiot man no, I didn't know that. Yes, the way that he goes that he would have the, the- longtime trainer of the Eagles put his the eye black on him and when the eye black was applied he became a different person he became the idiot man I love hmm. it. And when he would come out to the 50-yard line and do that, the, the pregame. Oh. You, know, that, you know, he forgets about his kids and his wife and being a, a sociable human being on the planet. He becomes the idiot man when he plays the football. Love national it. National football. That's, uh, that's coming up. Um, so there's lots to talk about here. Um, We're reviewing movies with Mora, right? Reviewing movies with Mora. Um, we've got uh, some actual news. I mean, the Lions have been doing some stupid stuff, or at least a couple of them. Uh, Titus Young punching people, getting the gate from OTAs. He's back, though, this week. Uh, Nick Fairley, Nick Fairley good Lord, good Lord. Twice, we, twice in a month. Is this guy already uh, a with bust? The, with the smiling mugshot. I mean, well, that's the whole thing about the draft is when these guys get drafted, like great draft. I mean, Nick Fairley, look what he did for right. for the national champion Auburn Tigers. Titus Young, look what he did up in the blue turf, and I uh, Boise State up there in Idaho. Look what he did, and what a great mix. And then you know we're still waiting after their rookie seasons, and this is how they're following up in their sophomore season so yeah. far. It's, 
But again, you still but you still can't throw them on the scrap PV. That's again why you need to take your time after a right. draft. It takes a while. It takes three to five years. Yes, it does. And Fairley and Young can turn it around. Who knows? Yep. You know, um, uh, the Dolphins say yes to Hard Knocks, That's, which is Mrs. Tannehill. There's a lot of characters. Oh, There's a lot of characters on that team. But wait a minute, Joe Philbin, the head coach in the Miami Dolphins, said this was a football yeah. decision. Sure, he wants to show off the new look Dolphins, Stephen Ross the new said attitude Dolphins. It does going to be transparent. Sound a lot like the owner saying we're doing it. You're doing it, coach. Yeah, we're I'm, in. I think it's a great get for films. Hey, Reggie well, Bush, here's Carlos here's Dansby. The deal. Let's be honest here, okay? It looked like. They they had a tough time getting a team this year. Yeah, because uh, we heard so many teams were you know they they were asked or that's why it's always on the QT. Nobody ever says we were asked and turned it down, right? Because they don't want to they don't want to say that stuff, right? For many reasons. But let's be honest, it looked it looked like they were having a tough time getting a team Falcons, because so many teams are like Texans, Jets, Jets. I mean, why, you know why do it? Because we don't want to put our stuff out there. We don't want to do But the bottom line is it's hugely popular, and for good reasons, because fans dig it. And that's what, you know, this is about, really. That everyone you know, wants to see behind the scenes. Fans dig it, and the fans deserve getting a hard knocks every year. And if we ever reach the point where the NFL team, one NFL team will say no, every NFL team says no to hard knocks, then we got a problem. Yeah, I agree. Because hard that's, knocks that, NFL Network. It is so good. And it, what it also shows offers the hard work and dedication of a lot of people who unfortunately also don't make it. Uh, there's a reason why this show is made and why it's so successful. And I'm glad the Dolphins yeah. did say yes to it, although I don't really buy the whole football reason thing, as uh, as also Mr. Law so kindly pointed out. Uh, the lovely Mrs. Ryan Tannehill might be uh, featured once or twice. Oh, but yeah. unfortunately, you know, it's not like taxicab confessions law. No, no, you know what no, I mean? No, it's not yeah, that type uh, of no, HBO of program. Not, of course here, not. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I think what, what we're trying to <laughs> you do You like still, that Brockman song? Like that one. Yeah, geez. What we're trying to do, uh, <laughs> I mentioned this no, no to comment. you. I'm going to still try and put on that Hard Knocks podcast later in the summer. So hopefully, you know, we can well, we circle the, back we with some the, of the uh, producers. NFL films, folks. Some the, Boy, they hump it. They give their lives away, essentially, I spoke with Ken Rogers at the Sports Emmys, and he's one of the lead producers on it. And just some of the stories he has to tell are unbelievable yeah they get the, the folks at nfl films that do that essentially we get, uh, tap out of their family lives for we like got leave schreiber on there yeah well that's that's part of leave schreiber's part of the uh, oh. one of the blocks of the hour special hopefully if we if we can get this put together our special i'm working on it rich we're did you just pro- announce Carl- something to programming <laughs> carl, carl peterson we're gonna have some of the, the, All right. the more involved gms or coaches in the show Brian some Dulles? of the players uh, like a go. bobby Cipriot chris type. you go you go you, you know, go you on. go we're trying here rich. you go bud you go pal all right, uh, let's hope Jeff Schaefer is equally as giving and uh, and gives away some of the story here, because uh, you know I'm always curious to know about processes. That was great last week with Joe Walsh. We talks about his writing process, where he basically hears the hears the words and, and sees the, the music and fills in the blanks. Yeah, that was crazy. That's awesome. Whoa! So I'm curious to know what's the process of writing a movie with Sasha Baron Cohen, and because uh, you know they also went around with him for the media tour because he was in character the whole time. Jeff Schaefer and his his uh, writing partners. Oh yeah, who also are involved with Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I want an update. We're going to get it. Let's get right to it with Jim Morris Senior right behind it. When this man is not writing and directing and co-executive producing the league on FX with his lovely wife Jackie Schaefer, he is the muse 
with his partners for not only Larry David, but Sasha Baron Cohen. That is essentially the life of Jeff Schaefer. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen podcast. Good to see you. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, did you have a, uh, did you have a good Memorial Day? Weekend? I did. I did. How about you? what did uh, you do? Uh, I had a great one. You know, Memorial Day is important. It's a time to remember yeah. those people who won't be with us in September. I'm speaking of course of Nick Fairley. Um, <laughs> He's back, though. He's what? back. He already came back. Oh, no, he's back. He's, he's going to be gone. Right. Now, how long do you think that suspension is going to be? Oh, gosh. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but, I mean, he, he did have the um, he did have the smiley face. Uh, the mugshot. Uh, mugshot. The mugshot that says, hey, I'm not a hardened criminal. I don't know why you, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to figure out what the, the scenario is. I've never, thank goodness, had to get a mugshot. Right. I've never done that. But to me, you know, if you're just smiling, it looks like you're not taking it seriously or maybe you are inebriated. But, right. you know, like or or just like you're looking to make sure that your good side is showing. I don't I don't understand the rationale. Well, behind the, 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 other si- the other side of it is <laughs> that if you look too serious, then you sort of look like a hardened criminal. That's true. Right. So you sort of want to go, hey, I'm here, but it's OK. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little drunk, but. I didn't. I didn't eat the weed Allegedly. in front of the arresting uh, officer, uh, like like uh, Michael Ashore, which is crazy. The Lions uh, with Titus Young also yep. sucker punching. Uh, yeah, Louie. Yeah. Uh, good old Louie got sash mode, <laughs> and I mean it, it, it. And 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 Coach Schwartz came out this week and said essentially it's just a couple of bad apples that are ruining the reputation of a lot of guys, and but it's also. The slippery slope. You got a team that was personal fouled, essentially, mm-hmm. ah, to death. They they kept shooting themselves in the foot right. last year, one after another, 15-yard flag after another. Now, it's a full-on offseason. Now you're seeing all this stuff. A lot of people wondering if the Lions have what it takes. You know, and well, we're, we're just sitting here right after Memorial Day weekend. No, it's crazy. I mean, I know the, uh, you know, Miami's going to do hard knocks. It seems like the uh, Detroit Lions are just trying to fill a full season of cops. <laughs> That's basically like, yes. we're going to get on television yeah. somehow. Somehow, um, some way. No, and I think it's time for, you know, some of the leaders in that locker room, you know, and Damakonsu is going to need to just stomp some of that stuff out. Nicely He's just going to have to. Look at you. You have yeah. come to play today. I have come to play. You know, I love, I love being on this podcast. Thank you. I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's great to talk to you. It's. It's super efficient because when we're done, we just move this shower curtain and hit the showers. Yes, we do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very odd that there is truly a shower behind this. You, you yes. probably didn't know that. No, I, know I that. assumed you just you sort of just spritz off after a I after spritz a hard off. Or... I do do that. And that's part of I love having you on as well, because now I'm not only a fan of virtually everything that you do and have done and, uh, and, and, and are going to do. And in that respect, I will ask you about Curb Your Enthusiasm, the future of it later on. That's a tease. In everyone. our conversation, that is a tease. But you're, you're not only in entertaining you're functional because there's no body else i could bring on this podcast and sit in this chair and talk cleveland browns and seattle seahawks football at once the odd hybrid fan that is browns slash seahawks which also means good lord how do you get through right september through january how, how do you, much how do you do that how much grim how much <laughs> grim life lesson can one person take i mean here's the thing just to talk about the seahawks for a second sure. um you know, they are certainly willing to take risks that other teams aren't willing to. Of course, I'm talking about the uniforms. Um, yeah, what'd you think of that? It's very, it's very uh, uh, Amsterdam Admiral slash Rhine Fire. It's just very, <laughs> it is very Rhine Fire. There's a lot of, a lot of European, yeah, American football in there. I, I thought the away the away jerseys looked like someone just took a, a highlighter to a Chargers jersey. <laughs> I, said, I like the Chargers, but I also like highlighting. 
Let's the see, lime green, the lime that, that green, lime highlighter? green highlighter okay. to, to yeah. the, uh, so I'm not sure about that. I think, um, I am though, and this is probably, uh, I may be a lone wolf, but I am actually thrilled about their draft. Oh, you should be though. No, I know. I know you, you, you like Bruce Irvin. You I, thought I that like was, him. even though, you know, there's a lot of diciness, a lot of people believe involved with him, but Mayock thinks he's, he could be the most pure pass rusher that was available in the draft. And so. here's the thing. I think a lot of people, when they start looking at the draft and they start hearing everyone talking, they go, we need a defensive uh, lineman who can do everything. You know, it's like looking for a smartphone. You know, you want the, it's like this iPhone does everything when really half the time, you know what the app I want on my phone is phone. I want it to work. Right. I want it to not drop functionality. Calls. Yeah. Again, and so yeah. when everyone else was looking for that sort of jack of all trades who can do everything on the line, Seahawks said, I want a good old fashioned landline phone that can rush the passer. And that's what Bruce Irvin is. They need it. They have a very special that that. Elephant and Leo scheme is very special. It's very specialized. Mm-hmm. And if he, you know, he takes Raheem Brock's role right now, plays opposite Chris Clemens, and then eventually takes over for Chris Clemens. And if he gets 10 sacks, that's, you know, 10 more they didn't. They had so few sacks last year. And it's always, you always have to take the totality of all the moves in the offseason. And I know you were very keen on his play last year and the signing of Red Bryant or the re-signing. Yes. Stick him, keep him right where he was. That that is huge for that defensive line. Then you add Irvin to the the edge, right? You, you got, got you got some makings here, and that's it's a very you've got the biggest you've got the biggest heaviest was he three hundred and forty three hundred thirty pounds Red Brown on one side, Bruce Irvin at two fifty two sixty on the other end. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be really interesting, and I think uh, I'm also I'm very excited about the uh, I'm going to be excited about the Kellen Winslow. Uh, you are. I am excited. You like the K two. I I think he is he is a chess piece, as he said. Um, um, he, how does one go from a warrior one day and years later become a chess, chess piece? How does one go? How do, how does that? How does that think, arc? What's that story arc the, like to he's you? A, he's a poet warrior. He's a poet I, he's a poet warrior. warrior. I like. And it. I'm hoping. <laughs> look, I don't know what I don't know what's left in his knee. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, what I think they're going to do is they're going to put they're going to use uh, two tight ends, put Kelvinzo with Zach Miller up there, and basically hope that the defense gets a nickel back, and then they're going to run. That's well, they've got the pieces to do that. Yeah, love Robert Turbin also. You Utah love that State running back. That was a nice mid round yeah. pick from them. Amazing. You're high it's... on the Seahawks. You I'm like high on the Seahawks. I think well, the schedules... well it, it all comes down to who's throwing the football. I mean, that's the end of that. I mean, yeah. let's be honest here. And 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 it, it, it's as you know, um, Pete likes to compete. That's his whole always compete. He did mm-hmm. that at USC. He's done that his whole career. Now he's doing it here. Flynn Tavares Jackson. And and I, I don't know Russell what Wilson. they went ahead and got the kid from Wisconsin. I have no idea what they want to do with him. He says he's going to be a quarterback. Where does he get the snaps anywhere? I mean, of meaning of meaningful snaps to actually get him to a spot where he can compete with a kid who comes straight from the Philbin Green Bay system and obviously uh, did very well at it when he got the chance. Mm-hmm. And then Tavares Jackson, be that as it may, he's still better than a kid who's, you know, coming out, you know, big 10 player of the year. I understand offensively, but uh, I don't know what that's all about. Well, I really don't know what that's about. You know those, about. those posters that people used to have in their dorm room that was like choices, choices, choices. And there was a, a Lamborghini and a Ferrari and a, a Bentley. Okay. The Seahawks are sort of doing that. It's just a little different. It's sort of imagine opening your garage <laughs> and there's a Camry and an Altima and a, a Hyundai Sonata. Okay. And and it's choices, 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 choices. Right. And so I think all of this, by the way, is sort of a – it's just sort of prepping for next year quarterback of the future. And I would actually say 
they have invested, Seahawks have invested more capital right now in the third round pick of Russell Wilson Mm -hmm. than they actually have in Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn's a little bit of money. But really, if you're thinking about it, you need to know this year, can Russell Wilson play? Because if he can... But how do you find that out, though? You're not going to throw him in. You're not going to throw him in right away, no. 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 Tavares is going to be on the outside looking in. You think? Yeah, I think he's, he's quoting the clipboard that uh, that Whitehurst. Yes, he, he is. There's, what is if you had if he, if Whitehurst was clipboard Jesus, <laughs> as you called him? Whitehurst, Whitehurst, clipboard Jesus has gone back. Uh, he's gone back to San Diego from whence he came. Yeah, yeah, that he, was uh, that was a quick one. Yeah, <laughs> he went went right back. That was a quick. So, um, so you think Flynn's going to be the week one guy? Flynn, Flynn will start. And here's the thing: in the end, is Flynn really the guy or not? I mean, next year you've got Barkley. You've got uh, Tyler Wilson from Arkansas. I mean, there may just they may be at the point. This may be a. I think the Seahawks though are going to be too good to go oh, no, you get have to them. Be, you I have mean, to... unless although this year's draft, with it being in the new world order uh, of them. things, um, yes, where you now ever this was the first year in which the new rules were in place for the draft. Exciting, right? And you could see there were all those trades and you could see now it's just, it, it's not, it's not actual capital. It's just future draft picks. And that's the capital that you're spending. So maybe they will go ahead. And it do may something be the like time that. to Although sort of bet the farm and the Reds can set that piece. market though. I mean, would you, would you do that for Barkley? Would you do that for, for Wilson? Would you really um, do that? If, I mean, if, if everyone plays, if everyone no. plays, okay. Mm-hmm. And you sort of you go, we've got a really good defense now. Our our offense is coming along. We need that piece. It's what I always call the Seahawks, right? The bread sandwich. At a certain point, what kind of sandwich is it? Let's go and get some. Let's not stick with bologna. Right. Let's go get some prosciutto. Let's go get some. Let's go get some fancy expensive meats. And if it means you're taking like giving away three or four right. you know draft picks right. to get that guy, plug it in, and then you've got then you've got your team. They got a great young team here in, in this year's draft. We want to talk about exciting. You and I, you were you were emailing me. Where were you? You were in the. Where were you for uh, the draft? For the draft, I was actually in Los Angeles. You were in Los Angeles. Yes. Okay. Going. Were you? Were, was the was, dictator already I, locked at that point uh, in time? Dict- I was. We were literally finishing editing and about to go on the publicity tour. Okay. Very well. We got. I got so many questions to ask you about that. Since Sasha Baron Cohen was in character for everybody but Dan Patrick, and I got some. <laughs> I got to talk to you about that as well. Um, so here's a draft. It was very exciting, as you pointed out, with all the trades and everything. And we on the network trying to re-inject the drama back into the airing of it by not showing the kids on the cell phone. Genius. Okay. Love NFL it. Network, ESPN came together and made an agreement. We are not showing those kids on the cell phone. So there's complete drama. The commissioner is going to be the one to announce the picks. Period. End of story. It couldn't have been more exciting. And then there are those who are on Twitter. Okay. There are those who are on Twitter. So the league told the teams, Verboten. You are not to announce on your official Twitter uh, who the pick is going to be because so many teams do that to get their followers up. We're about to take this kid. So now suddenly you're following that team's Twitter page to get the information. Teams go ahead. Pretty much to a man didn't do that. One guy got on Twitter during the draft with an NFL account and started giving the store away. Are you aware of this? No, I did not know that man who was Tweeting out the picks because, you know, each team gets to know who's been chosen before the commissioner announces because right. you remove that guy from the board. So right. now you know whether in the next 15, 10 minutes you can trade up or what you're going to do. You, right. you can set your board. So every team knows who's going to be picked. One guy, Paul Allen. <laughs> Paul <laughs> Allen. Swear to you. The guy right. who's like, he, he's like the Garbo. 
right. of the NFL, right? What can they do? How much? Can, mean, how can they find him? What, <laughs> what amount can you find Paul Allen? Right? You can just you have to give us Washington State. I mean, what can you do? I mean, <laughs> he owns so much. He does. There's, he does. There's no. There's no. And you can't take like a. You can't take like his point guard away from the Trailblazers. You no. can't cross league. You can't no, do. I mean, there is no. There's. There's no punishment that I guess you can. No, I mean exact. We're going to turn all of the NFL to Apple. We like, could. That's, is that all we, you do? We're, I mean, that would NFL hurt Network's buying Max. I mean, that's, that's all you can really I, do. That's it, pretty much. Right. So yeah, and the funny thing is, is somebody caught wind of it, and then right around the tenth or eleventh pick, dead Gone. silence. Twitter silence. Right. So somebody did sort of. I think it was Gates. <laughs> it was Gates. You think they got Gates in there? Could have oh, been man, Zuckerberg. Gotta, I don't know. I right. mean, you know, it could have been. I mean, who's talking? To, who who gets to talk to Paul Allen? I guess uh, he was in the draft room. He was, by he the way. Was I there. did see him in the draft room. And he has he not been there, there before. He's rarely been in there. What, 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 what's exciting. come over him? He's, he's guess, in the draft room. He was, so we with, caught a peek of him on the war cam. We didn't see him on his BlackBerry or his, the, or, or his, you know, his. does he have an iPhone? You think he has I an iPhone? I think he just, now he's got something else. He can just sort of think it. He, and just, it, <laughs> he thinks it he and it, it goes out onto the web. That's incredible. Yeah. That's a new, I'd like that app. Yeah, it's not It's not for everybody yet. No, he's still working. for the high-level Seahawks people and some of the people of Baltimore. John Schneider has that. John Schneider has, has, has the app. Yeah. 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 Paul Allen awesome. was the one breaking the silence. That's great. On the draft. All right. So that's your Seahawks. Right. Then we go to the Browns, who make that big draft trade, right? What? A- and, and they make it for a, a running back that everyone's excited about, except for one person. And that person happens to be Jim Brown. The day of the draft, Jim Brown, I wouldn't say trashes. Trent Richardson, but basically calls him an ordinary, regular running back, no great shakes, and has since stayed on that position the Browns, to this day. The Browns are, it's very easy to track what the Browns are going to do, which is how you just sort of go, what will bring the most misery to the Browns fan, <laughs> to the fan of the Browns? What outcome? What That's an odd business plan if it you is, think about but it. It's you, home games. Well, those are, we're going to lose. You know, it's just, you sort of, it's, you always figure it out that way. And like, with this, exciting, we finally get a running back. How, well, what's the way, what, mm. what's the Browns way to get a great, great running back? Well, have the best Brown, maybe best running back of all time, mm. trash him. Why so wouldn't we, that we be? We can't even enjoy that. And by the way, then it goes, you know, that's, that's thinking globally. Let's talk locally, which mm. is who had an amazing and then terrible night of that, which is in McCoy. I know. Cole McCoy's going, I got a running back. I got a run. Wait, what 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 what, what happened? Where he doesn't yeah. this guy doesn't look like a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Who's this? Suddenly there Brandon. are no more pieces yeah. to help the Colt McCoy situation. Yeah. In fact, I did say that on the draft when it's just like, well, Colt McCoy's got this guy and he must be happy. I think Mayock even said he must be happy. I'm like, well, maybe we'll check back in with him in about two and a half hours. Right. And then there is Brandon Whedon. Um, who who may be the only rookie with an AARP card? He may be the only guy who gets that. Uh, who He's gets lived. the magazines? He's a young twenty eight. He's a young twenty eight. <laughs> That's sort of like the dry heat. Yes, of, yes. of Phoenix. It's the right. dry heat, right? Or anytime you're in Europe and it's and it's there's no air conditioning anywhere, and they just go, "Well, it's never usually this hot." You go, "Really?" In July, every time, <laughs> just get an air conditioner. Um, what but, do you think of Whedon? Are you excited about? I actually him, am. Or? I think you are. I, I think. I think he will. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think that clearly the front office did not have the confidence in McCoy. And whether it's rightly or wrongly, because there were certainly no players. Little Greg Little was there. Is there was there anyone else on that team? They had no running game. But even with all that, they clearly don't. They're not buying it. So 
why not? Although I, I do sort of, I do sort of think, how long can this experiment last? Also, which is the to- this is the Browns' way now. Every few years, you go, well, that didn't work. Right. Well, at least Bernie Kosar didn't trash him before the pick. <laughs> you know, but I don't know where Brian Sype was. They just, <laughs> they just line up as many of the old guard to trash right. the, the the guys who they trade up to get in the first round and be excited about. But Whedon's going to be the Biden guy. Like, oh, Richards is going to fumble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the one. Right. And and uh you know, he's gonna be the guy. Whedon's gonna be the guy from from day one. And yes. and that is a division where everybody else made the playoffs last year. Yeah. Every single team. It's a tough, tough, tough division. And it's hard to be the it's hard being the stepchild in that family. Right. Um it's it's gonna be rough. But I do think I actually think Trent Richardson is, is gonna be great. I actually I actually think he is like Adrian Peterson, great. Like step I, in and, I think and be he, a difference maker yes, and win a few games for you. Yes, I think he's going to step in and make a huge difference. I mean, remember they had nothing last year. They had, you know, they had you know a guy who didn't show up at all, and then they had a guy who they drafted Montero Hardy, who they drafted with a knee injury, and lo and behold, he still has a knee injury. Right. So there was almost nothing. Yeah, Hillis last year was just. You know, not uh, even the. I mean, the CIA. Not even the CIA the, wanted him. What was that all yeah. about, man? No, he that was it, bizarre. And then he went into the witness relocation program, as far as I can tell. <laughs> He's vanished. I, I, I think he is with Ray Liotta in that uh, <laughs> town somewhere outside of Kansas City. But, yeah, he's he's going to be running the ball for the Chiefs, and we'll see how that goes. So um, you like the Seahawks' chances, even with the Niners in that division? I think the Seahawks are going to be an amazing 8-8 eight and eight team. And, I, <laughs> I, and I, I say this. I don't say this. I don't say this pejoratively. I say oh, no. they are going to be okay. – it's a tough, tough schedule. Right. And, you know, looking at schedules at this point is mm-hmm. always hard. But – it's a. It's gonna be tough. I think they're gonna. I think they'll be second place in the division, um, and it maybe nine and seven. Right. And the next year, I think they're we're one year away from right the playoffs. And the Browns. What do you give them? You give them five wins, six. I was wins? gonna go six. Okay. Six. All right. And uh, you, uh, li- let's get to your projects now. Like the uh, like the hard knocks, folks. You're going to training camp for the league. Is that a true story? You're going. Um, there you, are rumors. Previously undisclosed potential. There are there are camp? rumors that the uh, the league uh, members of the league may be going to a training camp this year. Um, and uh, it's very exciting. The uh, the show's coming back for its fourth season, which Fantastic. is fantastic, crazy. Um, I remember when you were just concocting this, coming up with it, right? You know, spit and polish. Scotch tape to get it on the yeah. air, and uh, now it's fourth season, and and players are you're finding it easier to get players, players to get on your show. Players uh, really really want to be on the show, and it's How great and we're that? talking about like you know fantasy football number one draft pick type players and lots of other players like oh can i be on the show can we be on the show and you're, start, you're talking cam cam might be i mean uh, how free are, let, let, let's start right are okay. you free at all to discuss who's coming on i can't discuss it yet okay. i can tell you that there are a lot of very exciting players uh who are going to be coming on the first show round year. fantasy draft choices yes yes are are are, are teed up to be yes, on the league on, on the fx league. this fall and i'll tell you the, the players actually really want to be on the players are 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 great to have and they're fun to have on. And how do we get you on the show? How do I get to you? You, you just, you're sitting here. You ask me, would you like to be on the show? Would you like to be on the league? I would love to be on the league. All right, folks, you heard it here. Uh, I'd love to do that. Seriously. Yeah, sure. Rich Eisen. Wait, my producers have just, uh, raised their hands. Uh, Chris law and Chris Brockman are giving the, what about me? Uh, oh, they, they, you know, your entourage. Well, no, I, I wouldn't call them the entourage, but if, if, if you don't mind riding the considerable coattails, uh, Chris Long, Chris Brockman. All right, they're coming. I mean, right, can they can they come in, or, yeah. or at least you know, let's uh, let's bring them in, or at least they could make sure that the uh, 
uh, temperature of my trailer is appropriate. Right. The temperature of the trailer, uh, the temperature of your water, that the M&Ms the are... Well, the, the M&Ms are... We've got to be... The, you know what? I, I've, I've switched. I used to be just uh, plain, and then I went peanut. Now I'm going peanut butter. Right. M&Ms. Look. Those are, those are golden. You've made it. Yeah. This Thank you. So, but so no, I, we, I, we'd love to have seriously? you. And so for fans of the league, you've heard it here first. Uh, a man's a man saying yes on a podcast is fairly legally binding. <laughs> I think. I mean, it's as no, close. it is. I'm a man it's of almost, my word. It's almost like, well, I and here, but the, I do have to, and I'm sure you hear this all the time. Yes. I, I do have to see the script, oh, and yes. it's not, and, and and I don't say it because I'm concerned that your writing and your ideas are not up to my standards because that's stipulated. Uh. Well, the man who probably spent with his writing partners a considerable amount of time in a room with Sasha Baron Cohen coming up with various ways in different languages, gibberish or what have you, to come up with a new word for the female anatomy. Mm. That That is something that I need to be somewhat concerned about. That I, it shows up in... I understand your concern. I can, in a script. We can... The man who spent a, a few years writing about the Malawakh and yes. the Bintal San yes. and the Mashluf... <laughs> Um, and the Bill Bull uh, yes. is is the man you see before you. It however, is. <laughs> however, it is. I I sniffed that one out. However, okay, yeah. Uh, however, this uh, we will be. This will be. A, this will be a different type of. It'll be a different. This will be completely different. It's a different setting. I it's understand. a different setting. Medium, and uh, it will be a, a different medium. And uh, you will find it. Uh, I think you will find it very. Uh, you'll find it. You'll f- you'll feel very secure. Okay. Very secure. All right. So uh, I, I will be playing to type. I won't be trading in on. On my reputation, no. you no. know, in order to get laughs. No. Okay. No. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. I'm 100. Really fun. I'm. I. I'm honored. First no. of all, and uh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to see pages. Is that oh, what yeah. they say? I can't wait to write them. But when do when do you sit down? Because well, I know we, we've had this conversation before on the league on FX um, Thursday nights. Correct? Thursday nights, ten thirty. Okay. Yeah. That um, you try to guess what the NFL season is going to look like, which is a total impossibility. Yes. Not virtual. It is a complete impossibility for you to figure out what it might look like fantasy wise, regular season wise. So when it does hit the air in October, it looks like you have just written the episode mere hours before throwing it on the air. So how, how do you do that? Well, it's tricky and I'll, I'll use it in terms. I think you can understand. Here's our schedule right now. Right now we're in OTAs. Okay. Uh, we are trying to write as we're finishing other things. Is this voluntary or mandatory? Um, it's it's mandatory. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, like all OTAs. I mean, they say it's voluntary, but we really need to start writing. Oh, so it's, so mandatory. it's mandatory. It's not voluntary in air quotes. This is no, flat out mandatory. It's flat OTAs. out mandatory. Okay, so, so you're in mandatory Mandatory OTAs, OTAs okay. right now. Uh-huh. Camp starts in uh, late June. Okay. Um, the actors put the pads on in August. That's when the hitting. Too, that's when the hitting. Too far no, off. Hitting will start in August. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, for a late fall... For a late fall air date. So we are, if we're shooting in August, yeah. you know, we try and make sure we're shooting. That's why we push. We push as late as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So we have as much info as humanly possible uh, when we start. But that being said, you know, the weather changes pretty fast on top of the mountain yes. in the NFL. So uh, injuries in training camp and people that, you know, who would expect there's a lot of people who just, you know, what like Michael Lashore last year. Oh, he's going to he's going to be the running back. Oh, no, there goes his knee, you know, mm-hmm. for Detroit. So things like that. So you always have to. You, you try and guess as well as you can, and then you prepare uh, little areas where you can reshoot. And you have, and you may be talking about a player, but we may be on the back of the head, so you can put another player in. Got um, it. Got it. Uh, you know, last year with um, with Dallas, 
actually. Um, you know, Felix Jones was the starter for a while, and then he gets hurt. And uh, then, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't remember his name for a second. Uh, it comes in. Um, DeMarco Murray. Uh, so last year, um, we had a, we had a, there was an episode where someone needed one of the backup running back for the Dallas Cowboys uh, because Felix Jones was injured. So, it's, okay, it's DeMarco Murray. But then as time progressed, DeMarco Murray gets injured and Felix Jones comes back. Oh. So there had been enough time that we literally just had to flip them. You're able to do that? We were able to do that. Mid-season. By, How by, close before you had to air that was, episode? We were changing that. We were probably changing those lines on a Monday for a show that aired on a Thursday. Oh man! So, and we were in we were in a sound booth, like changing those lines, and just and but literally just flipping it back because it was like, oh, because Felix Jones is injured, Demarco Murray's going to do great. And it was like, oh, Demarco Murray's injured, Felix Jones is back, and so right. all right, we should have just. <laughs> so you're not only checking out the waiver wires for your own fantasy team, but for your fantasy comedy program for the for you're constantly for the uh, fantasy teams of the eight members of the league on the show right. we have we have their rosters and then their trades for each episode and you have to remember sort of who's with what and you have to be able to tell the actors because we're also shooting many shows many episodes in a certain day we may shoot four different episodes right. in one day so you have to go okay there's a show uh seven middle of the season you've already traded for this guy and here's here's your here's who your wide receivers are and you just and they sort of go okay and the actors are brilliant and they're able to Keep up. And they're all huge uh, fantasy football fans. But themselves. how did it, somebody's got to mix up their actual real life fantasy? Oh, with, they do with, it all. with their with their on air fantasy. Oh, the I mean, there's do no way the to keep that straight. Oh, I no. can't even do it with the with two leagues of of, of real fantasy football. I don't have to act. Oh, no, you'll see the actors go all the time. No, 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 because I have Maurice Jones Drew, and they go, "Oh wait, I have Maurice Jones Drew. <laughs> I have Maurice Jones Drew. My character has Adrian Peterson." And so, yeah, that happens all the time. But oh. but it's uh, it's it's super exciting. Uh, you know, the that's what I think what we're trying to do with the show is every every fall people go crazy. Yeah, they go crazy. I mean, the passion and all this, and we're just trying to capture all that. Everyone's spending the entire fall talking about talking about football, talking about fantasy football, and uh, and so it's great. And I think that's why people, you know, have actually sort of have been following the show. They go, "Oh my god, I'm doing the same thing. I'm acting just as crazy as that." Um, and uh, it's very nice of you to say like that the the show is doing well and everything. I it will, is. I will say. Uh, uh, the one thing is being a sort of a hit on on basic cable is sort of like being the uh, it's like being the number two wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. It's like you're there and you're doing a job and you're right. and you're working, but no one knows who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, if we are the I feel like we're the Brandon LaFell yeah. of the of the TV landscape. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I hope just just hoping to come out of Steve Smith's shadow this year. Well, you know what the neat thing is is uh, Brandon LaFell scores touchdowns. He does right. Yeah, and he's a factor. He's You're a factor. A factor. You factor. and Jackie putting the show together yeah. are a factor. Year four, and people are into it. And I can't wait to see who you're going to throw out there this year and what training camp you're wanting up. Oh to. yeah, and uh, as, it's, as good, get, it's a good teasing. Yeah, and as we get to, as we get closer, I'll, I'll please. Yeah, there'll be uh, there'll be more to tell you. Please, uh, my wife and I saw the dictator last week. Ah. Okay, and um, and she uh, doubled over in laughter about five times. And we have we have walked out on some comedies lately, and we hate walking out. Right. Uh, this is as funny as a movie as we have seen. Oh, in quite some you. time. Thank you. This is this is really out of control. I mean, just out of control. <laughs> However, it is the first time in which you've had a controlled environment where you actually scripted stuff, as opposed to just throwing Sasha Baron Cohen out in the middle of a crazy situation in character. 
and then taping it. And I imagine spending the next few days not only getting people to sign waivers to appear in the film, but perhaps dodging various <laughs> objects thrown at you, getting out of Dodge as fast as you possibly they, can. Yes, they sign, I mean, first of all, they sign all the waivers bef- on board. They've signed the waivers before they have they, before they've gone on camera. Um, because they think they're they're, they're part of a, a fake documentary or a fake documentary, or they're winning some award, or okay, um, it's amazing. People just go, sure, great. Um, the getting out of Dodge also happened a lot. Give me a good one. Give me a good one. Where uh, which well, film was this on? Well, I mean, Bruno. Okay. The uh, the end where um, there's the, the wrestling in the wrestling ring and the sort of that octagon mm-hmm. um, where uh, Bruno and his and uh, his uh, friend and then lover Lutz make out in front of a rabid uh, group of Arkansas people who think they're there for a, uh, for a, you know, like a UFC style fight. Mm-hmm. Um, what we didn't realize, we sort of realized that we could keep ourselves away from the crowds uh, that were very angry that this was happening. <laughs> what we didn't realize because we put on a whole show with other wrestlers and they were, this was, he was, uh, Sasha was just one of the, one of the undercards. So they were, they were, there were four, six, seven. There might have been eight other wrestling matches, and he was coming out in between to sort of entertaining the crowd. But those wrestlers who were also not thrilled that all of a sudden they had been taken advantage of were backstage with us. And so you're like standing next to these guys. Were, we realize that there we're sort of here going, "Oh my god, I'm so glad the, the the crowd can't get to us." And then we sort of look over there, and there's like sixteen or seventeen really unhappy. Really unhappy cage fighters. Uncaged. <laughs> yeah, uncaged. Like, we got to go. And, yeah, there were some, uh, some tense moments in that bus. Uh, just sort of getting onto the bus and sort of... Getting out of there. Getting out of there. Um, and does Sasha, uh, does he revel in this? Does he just love being he, in these st- sticky situations? He is, like, he lives for this he is sort a, of thrill? He is a brave, brave man. And he's fearless. And he is just fearless. I mean, he, will, he can stay in character in... Nothing you can do can can rattle them, um, and that's the difference is with the dictator is instead of you know shooting people who don't know they're in the movie and going oh I hope he says this in a scripted film you go say that mm-hmm. just just say it so um, it's more efficient but I think the other thing we tried to do was bring a lot of what we do whether it's on Curb or the League that an improv style to the movie so it doesn't feel like people are just saying scripted lines right um, and in fact the the uh, uh, Nadal the guy who played. Uh, his sidekick, Nuclear Nadal, and, and the dictator. Nuclear Nadal um, was Jason. Very, Man- very Jason funny. Man- Jason Manzukas, who plays Rafi on the League. Mm-hmm. So, and he's just a brilliant improviser. And also, he already had the beards. So it's like, look, the guy's not. He's getting strip searched at every every TSA <laughs> thing. Let's let it work for him once. <laughs> right. Like, give him. Let's give him the part. And so, he's a brilliant improviser. Sasha's a brilliant improviser, and a lot of that. Um, we we have the lines, which are great, and then we just go and and go off into sort of other areas. So. Very funny movie. Which scene, for those who have seen it, uh, is is improvised? How many? Um, of the, there's how always are... parts. For instance, the very first time that uh, Dick, the dictator Aladdin meets uh, Nadal at the nuclear testing facility, yes, and they start talking about how uh, Aladdin. You realize that Aladdin, all of his information is coming from cartoons about what a bomb is. That I don't know a bomb. It, there's a timer and it counts to three and then it explodes and then people with very sooty faces, you know go leave their bodies playing a harp and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's uh, all of that was, and the idea that when Adal says, Oh, so, you know, in these research films, cause Oliver keeps calling the cartoons research films, <laughs> you know, was there a duck who, when the explosion happens, his bill goes around his body. And then to talk, he has to put it back like this. 
you know, Aladdin's like, ah, oh, there was someone who suffered a deformity like that. And just not breaking, just thinking that this that is, is completely that was improvised. Yeah. And then they start to talk about that. And then we go, oh, that's a really funny. And this is the same way we do Curb of the League. That's a really funny. That's a really funny way to go. And then we start all of us start just sort of writing stuff for that. Just and, the three you and, and Alec Alton, Berg and, and David, David Mandel, Mandel are yeah. sitting on the set mm-hmm. constantly with pencil sharpened figuratively. Yeah. yeah. And workshopping it on the yeah. fly. Yeah. That's the right there on the set. You never stop writing. What about behind? What about preparing? What what gimme give gimme give and give the fans an idea of what an ideas session with Sasha Baron Cohen is like. Oh well he's Sasha's great and he's actually very similar to, to Larry in this way that they only care about what's funny. There's no, there's no ego. There's no, I want this one. I need to look good. Well, I mean, I need, it's I, just, and it's even in the material too. I'd imagine. I mean, I know, I know, Sasha Baron Cohen in real life is a major Zionist, major big time. Okay, he's religious, mm-hmm. and you send up in a quick brief way the Munich games of '72 in a way that. I don't even know if the word shocking <laughs> the, uh, is the, the we torture is the, the we, we torture, the we torture game. And he we chose terrorism, the Munich, sorry, we terrorism, yes. right? The we terrorism, and he chose the Munich seventy two, right? Over the I mean, I imagine, over yeah, <laughs> he uh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Again, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I would imagine that that's just, a perfect example it's of always that. Just, just what's what's the funniest? Um, and uh, you know what? I never told you. So interesting, sort of, uh, sort of sidebar to this is that. When we were we shot most of the movie in New York, and we were flying to New York to to move there for the next six months to shoot, and uh, I was on the plane. Uh, my wife and I were on the plane with Sasha, and so we're getting off the we're getting off the plane at JFK, and there's a a greeter driver there with the little name card that says Sasha Cohen, mm-hmm. and um, we're walking, and uh, the guy keeps asking to take uh, my wife Jackie's bag. You know, can I carry this for you? Can I carry this for you? And we're thinking, oh, very polite. It's a very polite guy, and then finally we sort of get to where the luggage is, and. Sasha and, and Jackie and I are going to go our separate ways. And he starts to go with Jackie and we realize he has no idea. This driver has no idea who Sasha Baron Cohen is. And he assumes he is there to pick up the figure skater, Sasha Cohen. No kidding. And thought that your Jackie, wife, Jackie, that my wife was diminutive what? figure skater, Sasha Cohen. <laughs> so, you know, it just goes to prove you can never be famous enough or that Sasha's a master of he disguising is, well, himself. Well, he is that he is that, I mean, a lot of people, you know, consider him, I guess, What's the, uh, Peter, the Peter Sellers of our generation? I, I would you valid. would you agree that that, that is the a guy who is fearlessly able to become other characters and 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 do it with no regard for how you're going to look mm-hmm. and just and, and I think the great thing about I think the great thing about Sasha and the great thing about the movie is that aside from there's a lot of outrageous stuff in it, but it's also there's <laughs> a little bit of political message and a little bit of a love story and what he does. Very well is that he tries to have worthy targets. You know, Ahmadinejad, you know, uh, Chavez, uh, Kim Jong-il, Seacrest, whoever it is. Um, so <laughs> so but right. the, the movie itself is sort of is he's a mirror and he's you think, oh, he's doing this terrible thing, but he's actually exposing sort of terribleness in other people. And he's it's a very, very tricky. And that's, by the way, what the writing sessions are often like is him going, that's really funny, but I don't think that target's worthy. Yeah. So, so then, so then he'll listen to what you have to say, or he's part of the. We're, we're all writing with him. All, we wrote okay. with him. Yeah, we wrote the movie with it's him. It's completely collaborative. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And uh, as for the Seacrest, yes, okay, the promotion of this film, he is he's Aladdin. 
Yes. He was the whole time. I mean, he even went, you know, to Cannes and, and he's and with... And we uh, went with him. And, and you went with him. And for each one of his appearances, The Daily Show or anywhere that he's appearing mm-hmm. as himself, you guys, you and you're in your group. If he's appearing in character, those lines need to get written. So the publicity for the movie was like writing three more movies worth of material. I imagine so. Um, wow. Just that's where we've been. The last month, basically been in New York and London and France doing the promotion for the movie. So the secret, I've got a couple of these promotions, right. the Seacrest thing. Did you guys write that? Did you? Yes, it, we all, we sat there with, with the, because what a huge to do that was leading up to the Academy Awards. Would he be able to walk and would he be able to, you know, walk as Aladdin and all that stuff finally came together. And then, you, and then well, the you great guys, thing was they literally, they sort of just fell right into Sasha's hands. They didn't let, it's one thing to say you can't go to the uh, Academy Awards in character. But then they took his actual tickets away, and they actually did that. They said they were so afraid of him. They just said, Sasha, you yourself cannot come. And once they did that, he just, this is fantastic. We now have a bad guy. And so it was great. And so then they realized very quickly, oh, my God, we've made a terrible mistake, but it was too late. And so then it, you just – everything was sort of – well, we have to go now. Now you have to do it. Now I have to go. And then they, they said, no, no, you can come. You can come. Not they had no idea what he was going to do, and so, but you guys all planned like carry carry Kim Jong Il's ashes up to Ryan Seacrest. Yes, you had that yes. conversation. And by the way, it didn't start out when you he walked into the Academy Awards. That was actually a nice flower vase with some flowers in it. Mm-hmm. And then go through uh, go through the first thing of security. Flowers are a fake top. Uh huh. Take the wrapping off, and here's the urn. So it's, it's so he brought in flowers to give to, to the Academy. And what it really turns out to be, once you take off all the wrapping and everything, is it's an urn filled with ashes. ashes. And so, so you snuck that past security yes, in that manner. Yes, okay. Yes. And, and then, we have an amazing, uh, there's an amazing AD, Dale Stern, who is a genius at half of these things are like, it's like with Bruno and Borat. It's, there's the jokes. And then there's also, how do we get in? And more importantly, how do you get out? So, <laughs> the exit strategy. So, exit strategy is yeah. very important. Okay. So, so for this, uh, luckily, again, Seacrest was excited to interview the dictator. Did he know? He had no he idea. He knew he was going to interview the dictator. That's it. That's the only thing he knew. No, going that is it. He knew nothing else. And so, and the Academy sort of knew he was going to walk the red carpet and that was all they knew. And so the rest, the rest just sort of. So it was, it was intentional for him to spill the ashes on Ryan Seacrest. Did you come that? was always that? the plan. That was the plan. That was the plan. Going in. And Ryan took it, actually Ryan took it like a champ. He was great. A lot of people thought he didn't. I mean, he looked, he looked. I think once pissed. Kelly and everyone said, oh, that's so cool. Then he's sort of like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. And I mean, interesting. He had another tux. Yeah. He had another tux I mean, right there. That's, that's, Ready to go. that's impressive. That's impressive. To have the backup tux yep. on the red car. Yep. I mean, you and, have uh, to, I mean, that you got to step your game up for the yeah, Academy And Sasha Awards. actually sent him a new, uh, very nicely sent him a new tux jacket also that said stitched in made with uh, child labor in Wadia. Is that what it says? <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so. so that's that's hanging in Ryan Seacrest's yes. closet, yep. or perhaps yeah. if I'm him, I'm putting yeah, that behind glass or something like yeah, that. That's, or, for, uh, that's for the Country Music Awards or whatever he's doing. Next, so, <laughs> and then in in Cannes, where you went, you went to the south of France with him. You were yes. in the running team. Um, the uh, former girlfriend of George Clooney, the lovely Elisabetta Canales. Canales, yes. Okay, where he is in full character in, I guess. Briefs, brief underwear uh, on, or is that it's a an, banana an, hammock of some not sort? A, it's not a, quite a banana hammock. I think this uh, time when he went to Cannes, yeah. as opposed to Borat, I think like 
when he was walking down the the closet with the camel and everything. It's like let the let the animal be the one showing his balls. Okay, I think so. This time <laughs> we tried to avoid that. Uh, right. But uh, the interesting thing about being on the yacht with Elizabeth Canalis mm-hmm. um, was we needed someone to actually sort of help position them for the, the paparazzi. Because you knew the paparazzi would paparazzi be trained there, on that the boat. The paparazzi are on the boats. The paparazzi are on the ledges. They're there at the hotel. Just got to lead them off waiting. the flame. Right. So, but the one thing I didn't realize, and Sasha, this is not my proudest moment. Sasha's like, we're going to need someone on the boat to help orient us and direct us. Jeff, you look the most Wadian. So if you take a look at some of those pictures, you will see Elisabetta and and Sasha's Aladdin and me embarrassed in a in a Wadian servant's outfit because I'm sitting there turn left turn left open up to camera they can't see you because do this again. she the, the, for those who may not have seen this she's there in her in her she's, I guess magenta bikini looking yes. like Elizabeth Canalis would right. in a magenta bikini she's or whatever a, she's she's as she's easy a, a on be- the a beautiful woman who's frequently photographed on yachts she must love the sea. I don't know. And, and I'm sure she would, couldn't have been more than happy to, to she was take total, part in this thing. Total, total I'm sure. sport about it. So. And so then he's there in his full regalia. Yep. And it's, they, had a little, they, had a little, they had a little champagne, a little dancing, uh, there's a little canoodling, some good times. Um, he put some lotion on her. She rubbed some lotion on him. Um, and then uh, she checks out the the, the goods. Out, yeah, she checks by out by just peeking in. She checks out Aladdin's uh, mushloof, right? Uh, and <laughs> finds it uh, finds it wanting. Tries to take a picture of it. They get into a little. They get into a little scuffle. And then she makes a, uh, the international symbol of, of of small, right? With her fingers, right? And right. they sort of get into. They sort of get into it. She storms off, and then Aladdin does as Aladdin does, which is to sort of say, "All right, off and, with her head." And uh, the next shot is. Uh, him and a guard throwing a body bag into the uh, into the Mediterranean. So, <laughs> so, and you guys think this stuff up? Is that essentially? Yeah. What? So we we and and Sasha and the, and the marketing team say, okay, let's let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can do in Cannes. And uh, and you know that all the paparazzi are there. So I uh, wouldn't even say lead them off the flame. You just got to provide the flame. Yeah, they're that's, already that's they're it. running. You got to provide it. the flame because you know the mobs are already there. Yeah. They're looking for the flame. Oh yeah, and you just you 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 set off a, a, a conflagration yeah. of sorts on this boat. And and did you pitch this to to Sasha or did oh, he... no, Sa- it's this again? It's it's Sa- it's us and Sasha just sort of working through. We knew we know we're going to do we're going to be at Cannes. Yeah, uh, it's the day of the premiere. Uh, all the world's media is going to be there. What do you want to do? And that's so, what you come up with. Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, but Elizabeth was great. Great. And then I guess the only uh, follow-up question is, what is the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> what is the matter with you and Alec and David? I mean, what, Just try what to imagine, in the world try and imagine is going on between those with temples? the frustration of now 40 years of Browns and since 1976 Seahawks. <laughs> try <laughs> to imagine never back. imagine being so angry in 2005 that the Super Bowl is in Detroit and it's in the middle of winter yes. and then they still get jobbed and they holding phantom, all of that. Imagine all of that bubbling out. So in other words, as you continue on in your fabulous career, making people laugh as you have since when you've been writing for Seinfeld and everything else that you've done up to now and in the future, whatever you're going to do, uh, your rosebud this entire time the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I didn't I didn't think I was gonna cry. <laughs> I got you. That's my Roy Firestone <laughs> moment on you right there. What, what there yeah, there it is. Is that is that you right there? There you yeah. pulled it up. That's you. Yeah, there's Good a whole Lord. bunch of Chris Law me. just pulled it up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll post that. Or if I don't know if we're I'm sure that 
that's somehow copyrighted. Um, Curb, let's get to it. What right. do you have when last, for me? What do you have? So when last, uh, I think Alec and I were in your shower here. Yes. We told you that we were working with Larry, uh, trying to figure out what, what you was... Were, you, what you said was you were talking about talking about it. Yes. That was the last time we picked this up. Right. And those, those talks about talks progress to talks, flat actual talk. talks, flat actual out talking, talk. communicating. Okay. And, uh, and then we started throwing ideas around and, um, basically the, I, I have some, I have some news for you. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how you're going to take it, but I have to give it to you. Uh, there will be no season of curb coming up in the near future. Um, what there will be instead is a curb style movie starring Larry David. What? Yes. So basically, in st- we talked about a lot of ideas, and we were trying to decide: do we want to do is there a new season, or do we sort of do something else with it? And Larry was sort of saying, "Well, what if we did this as a movie?" And he had an idea, and we started to work with him, and we basically funneled all of the ideas of a season of Curb into a a movie that is it's not a it's not Curb the movie, mm-hmm. but it's a Curb style movie, uh, meaning it will be done the same way. There's an uh, with a lot of improvisation. Um, same cast? Same... Not, different cast. Different cast. Different cast. Um, you may see some of the old friends. Uh, we're in the beginning stages of it right now, so we haven't actually we haven't actually progressed to casting. But So is he playing himself in this? He's, no, he's playing... He's playing... He's not playing Larry David, but he's playing someone like who him. has many of the same uh, sort of issues with society that you've come to know and love from you're, Larry David. You're right. I, I don't know how quite to, to take this. So, but it doesn't mean that Curb is... It doesn't mean that Curb is no more. Okay. It just means... We're going to try this. We're going to do this movie. And uh, we actually have uh, uh, Greg Matola, who directed Superbad, uh, amazing director, is going, to, is going to direct it. And it'll be shooting this fall. Wow. Is this yeah. a podcast exclusive? I have um, not heard I, about this I, anywhere. It, I don't know. It may. I, it, there's, I think it's, it's the rumors are, are trickling out there. But, yeah, we're going to be there's going to be a curb style movie starring Larry. That will shoot this fall. With, and with maybe some of the characters or, or some of the actors from some of the Curb. Actors possibly. Nobody's, so nobody's playing themselves from Curb. Correct. Right. It's a Curb style film. Right. A feature film. Yes. Shooting this fall, aiming to be. Next. Don't know. We're still, we're literally just, it's, this is the, this is, it's all very new. So you're, all... this is, so you're going to try this. And yep. it is possible that Curb returns to HBO after that. After that? Yeah. Instead of you can't shoot this at the same time, right? No. There's only one Larry. And there's only one you. And there's only one you with Alec and, and David. So this is your project. This is it. This is what this you're is, doing this fall with the league, obviously the, with you. Yeah. So, Or is there another Sasha Baron Cohen movie that's um, already in the talks? He's actually uh, he's actually shooting Les Mis right now. No, there's no there's he's nothing. There's Les not Mis. another one uh, in him. talks right now. We're just – we're the next – this is the next thing we've set up is this, is this Larry thing. And then we have uh, – there's a few other things that were are in a very formative stage. Okay. So that's for another podcast. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Right now. So I know, look, everyone I, everyone would love to see Kerr back, and it will be back, but it's just- You think it will be back? I do think it will be back, but it will not be back- On HBO. Yes. You think there will be another H- iteration of- Well, I guess this is an iteration of Curb in the in film. Right. And then I think, try the film, do that, and then I think there will probably be a- my guess is there'll be a season after that, but you, you never, never know. know. Never know. We'll have to. Uh, that'll be as oh, as the man. podcast continues. As the podcast continues, we'll, we'll chart the progress. All right. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. I'm. Yeah. I'm. See? I'm sort of. I'm sort of. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I didn't. I didn't probably, know how you were going to take it. I don't know. I mean, it. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like there's closure. It seems like there's still the Michael Jordan percentage of small infinitesimal percentage of chance that right. there's going to be season nine of Curb. Right. Season right. nine. Just think of the movie as Pippin's team, and then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then with 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 LD is is yeah, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, and then and then you know and Jordan will be back. So do you so do you write are you are you writing this right now with Larry? We have, yes, we've we've basically we've written You're, we've written a script, um, which you know you write it and then you continually, uh, it continually sure. evolves and you always are um, improving it. And, and he's excited about this. Yeah, very excited. We're excited too. And it's uh and Greg's an amazing director. Um, and so we're that's the pieces are we're just starting to sort of move forward with it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that, yeah. man. I'm excited just to see a different thing, and I'm, I'm excited. It'll be great. I think it's going to be, it's a really, it's basically all the things that you enjoy about Curb yeah. are in this movie. There's just there's just a, a movie story also, which is also in itself a very funny, there's a very funny premise for a movie, and then all the things that you know and love about Curb in there. are in there. Fantastic. Yeah. And well, again, if you guys are driving the ship with Larry... That's it's gonna be that's, fun. That's sort of what I need to hear. I would love to see, you know, I mean, Garland and uh, and and JB sprinkles. and Adil uh, Sprinkles, yeah. But you know, I because to me, in a way, if I this first blush reaction here, sure. okay, you're getting the unvarnished because oh. we didn't discuss this off the air. Um, if you do include a lot of the guys or gals, you know, with Susie and um, and Cheryl and Cheryl, then it's gonna. Because I think you're going to want to fight off the fact that it is a Curb movie. It's not. It's a Curb-like movie, mm-hmm. right? That's what you're going to want it to position it as and promote it as. It's a Larry David but movie. It's a Larry David movie. So the more um, Curb people you put in it, the more difficult it is for you to say, this is not a Curb movie. It's a Larry David movie. Right, that's the thing. You don't want it to be – it is its own movie and it has its own story and he is a different character. You don't want it to feel like it's something you could just – turn on and watch on hbo go you know what i mean right it's, it has to be its own thing that being said all of those all those people you mentioned yeah are the best they are they're great they're they great. great yeah i saw you put jb smooth and uh the dictator yes yes i he, did see uh, him it was that was funny um yeah he is uh there was a. it's good to see him there's there. a much when the uh, dvd there's a much longer version yeah i imagine scene. i imagine there's, there's a lot of, there's there's so much stuff um that's going to be on the dvd the extras movie. yeah there's just scenes that right. got trimmed for time and stuff that are hilarious i can't wait yeah you are the man you are the man thank you for that uh and i have not seen that anywhere oh. i've not seen so. that anywhere with, uh, with um good luck with that yeah the dictator's great the league go forth and get your guys and go to training camp like hard knocks and, and uh and have fun with that amazing and uh yeah so just you know move the curtain yeah, let's go. Take, take, let's to hit the let's go hit. Let's go hit. Let's go hit. And it, we should like sing a cappella, like uh, <laughs> like the White Split Shadow. Flash. Yeah, yes. we could do that. We could pull a White Shadow. Good to see you, man. Great good to see you. That's very fun. Oh, this is great having you on. That's Jeff Schaefer breaking news and letting us behind the curtain <laughs> of what's going on with the dictator right here on the Rich Eisen podcast. The man who is the official movie reviewer of this podcast, the winningest coach of the New Orleans Saints, former coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and one of my favorite people that I've met on the job. Good to see you, Jim Moore. Good to see you, Rich. How are you, coach? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to be back. It's good to have you back, my official, the official movie reviewer of the Rich Eisen podcast. Really? I got that title? There's nobody else. There's nobody else. I mean, (laughs) seriously, like um, uh, 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 Leonard Malton could walk in the door and I'd say no. 
Okay. No, oh, I've okay. got my movie review right. already. No, I, I, I would, uh, Ebert. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got my guy. You're my guy. You're my guy, uh, Jim. And before we get to the uh, raft of films that you have seen in the past few months, and also um, the uh, Memorial Day weekend movies that are coming out in the summer movies, I want to get your thoughts on on which films you plan on seeing. Uh, let's talk a little bit of football. Okay. I always want to catch up with you a little bit of football. Uh, the last time you were in here was March. The Indianapolis Colts, your one of your former teams, did not yet begin to go ahead and rip all of the wires out. They I did mo- get rid of Peyton Manning, but then they were beginning to move forward in free agency in a way where everybody is gone now, and they're completely starting new. Did that surprise you that Jim Irsay just decided, you know what, here we go, let's start from the square one that you started from back in 1998? It surprised me a little bit. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he'd been under the previous regime for so long. I think the team was getting a little bit older. Peyton had the injury situation, the money situation. I think he, he saw a chance to, to do what we did in 98, draft a great young quarterback, start over with a new GM, a new head coach, right. all that kind of stuff. Knew that it would be a building process and just decided to go ahead and do it. But I mean, from Reggie Wayne stayed. Right. That's it. Oh, I know. I mean, that is pretty much it from the the old guard that Reggie Wayne uh, never really used to be. He's the new guy back in the the day. But you I, know, I, when I, my first year there, we didn't do very well. We 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 had a bad defense, but offensively, we had we had uh, Marshall Falk. You sure did. We had Marvin Harrison, and Peyton came in was our quarterback. We had a pretty good offensive line. We had a really bad defense, so we didn't do so good. But I think we were better than the present uh, Indianapolis Colts team is going to be. Yeah, well, I mean, defensively, uh, they still have Freeney. They still have Mathis. I mean, and those two guys, if you can pin your ears back and go get the quarterback, that really makes you uh, a better team than than most others in the NFL. They got a defensive-minded coach in Pagano. So I think for the first time and maybe a very, very long time, that's going to be the strong side of the football for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it, it probably will be at, at, at you know, beginning, but they're going to have to give, get some weapons for luck. You know, that's going to be really important. When you got a guy like him, you got to get him some people to throw to and run the ball and protect him and do those kind of things. That's going to be very important because he's going to be the face of the franchise, so you better get some offensive help for him. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're going to be a very good football team this year. I may be totally wrong. I hope I am, but I just got a feeling they're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, you do. What, what is the biggest challenge? Even though, I mean, you had Peyton as a rookie, and a lot of people still rave about what he was like, you included, but when he f- walked in day one, many people believe Luck is the similar type guy. I think he is. In, in terms of having come from a collegiate level mm-hmm. and being the type of ready-made professional mm-hmm. a lot of people making those comparisons mm-hmm. already what is going to be the challenge for the colts and coaching andrew luck up from square one do you think well I, I think what they've got to do and we did this with peyton we said peyton you are our guy and, and from the moment he stepped on that practice field a week after we drafted him we had a mini camp we stuck him in as the number one quarterback and he he, he was the number one quarterback every day since mm-hmm. he left a couple months ago or whatever whenever it was and we gave him the confidence that no matter how you play, no matter no matter how many inter- interceptions you threw, we're going to stick with you. You're going to learn by by messing up, by right. doing good, by mm-hmm. experience. And I think that was the best thing that ever happened to Peyton. If we would have said, "Well, we're going to sit you behind," we didn't have anybody else. But we're gonna, <laughs> I know we're going to sit you behind somebody for a couple of years to learn. I don't I don't go along with that philosophy. Mm-hmm. I know some people do, but if you got the right guy and he's mature enough 
and 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 tough enough to handle some tough times, then then let me go in there and work, learn. You only learn by by experiencing the ups and downs of being a quarterback in the NFL. You don't learn by sitting on the bench. You learn by playing. Do you make mistakes? Yeah, but you learn by playing. And we did that with Peyton. They got to do that with luck. No matter what happens, they got to do that with luck. Come heck or high water. Yeah. Um, the Saints. You're obviously intimately involved with the New Orleans community and the Saints organization. Uh, let me just open-ended question. Your thoughts on what's going on with the Saints right now and the league's um, punishment of the team? Well, I think they deserved it. And, and I'll tell you, you know, a lot of teams have had bounty systems, but not to the degree that the Saints have had bounty systems. Most bounty systems that I've been aware of, and I was never aware of one on the Saints or the Colts where I coached, but I knew about some. It, it, it was instigated and, and developed by the players. The coaches really weren't involved. And they might say, okay, uh, if you run down on a kickoff and tackle the, the return guy inside the 20, you get 50 bucks that the players you know, contributed to. But never, never was I, I had ever heard of a, of a bounty system where, where they were out to maim somebody, put him out of the game, hurt him, uh, and, and where the coaches uh, pushed it instigated it, put up money, that kind of stuff. It just You just can't have that in the national football. You can't. I'm against any bounty system, even the minor one that I was talking even about. Even the minor oh, one yeah. where it's just yeah, like, can, hey, you get 25 it, that'll, bucks that'll, for a That'll pick. get bigger and bigger and bigger, I think. But I, you, you can't have that. The thing, the thing that I always liked about the NFL was I think players, opponents respected their opponents, and, and, and they never would try to maim a guy mm-hmm. by being dirty. And, and I forget who said this, but he said, I want the team to play hard and physical and tough, but not dirty. You well, know what I mean? The players involved are saying that they didn't. And in, to the point where Jonathan Vilma has sued the commissioner for libel and yeah. slander. I, I can't recall of any other situation like that in any other league. And then you've got the coaches who, uh, well, certainly the defensive coordinator and Greg Williams, who, who's cop to it, said, right. yeah, I, I accept the one-year ban. Because I'm, I'm sure he's thinking I, I want to get back in the league, sure. and 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 the best way to do that is to right. just take your punishment, your medicine, and and come back. So if the coach is saying that, that's the one disconnect I'm having right now. Coach says cop to it, I'm out. See ya. Players are all like, well, we didn't do that. Well, the other coaches actually. I mean, Sean Payton's. You know, he he obviously admitted to the fact that they did it. I understood that he lied the first time they mm-hmm. that they you know presented it to him. He said, well, we didn't do it. Then came back and said he did, and. And and Vitt, Joe Vitt, the, the linebacker coach, and I don't know about Mickey uh, Loomis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think the players were involved. They had to be. They had to be involved. I mean, if there was a bounty system and somebody was saying, if you do this, we're going to give you money, well, the players were involved. Now, were they putting up the money too? I don't know. And, and I don't think that, that uh, Roger Goodell would come up with a punishment with, unless he absolutely knew for sure right. that, that it happened. You know what I mean? So for a guy to sue Roger Goodell, I think it's ridiculous. Well, he's going to re- – I think he wants to see the evidence. You know what I mean? Or or hasn't seen it enough to – or I don't know what – I, I, you know, I guess it's all speculation on my part right now because yeah. I haven't seen the physical evidence myself. And I don't know what has been presented to Vilma or vice versa. Um, 
but you know, slander and libel requires some sort of recklessness needing to be proved. Right. And, and you've met the commissioner. Yeah. I, I've met him. Yeah. The word reckless, I, I don't think I'd ever use that no. to describe no. him. That, that no would way. be the one billionth adjective I, I would right. get to before I would actually <laughs> right. use that to apply to him. So, uh, but the New Orleans community, uh, I mean, uh, they they are up in arms, depressed. I mean, is there a way that you could... Uh, Describe what's going on. I, I think I think it, it it varies depending mm-hmm. upon who you would talk to down there. I, I went to four games down there this year, plus one in Green Bay. Their opening game, did a little work for N, the, the local NBC station, right? And and I went out to practice a few times, things like that. Uh, but the community, and I've talked to some people down there since this has happened, and and they're saying things. Well, like you know, well. Things are tough down here now that the commissioner screwed us or something like that. You know what I mean? Or jumped on our case. Yeah, they're wearing making it tough for us. Free Sean Payton T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, free Sean Payton T-shirts that that are that people are wearing. And I guess maybe that's a a a logical uh, feeling. You know what I mean? But I I think some people are probably looking at it and saying, "Hey, we we made major mistakes and uh, we got to pay for it." You know, I think it probably varies. But I I think probably. And I don't know for sure, but maybe the majority of the people are would, would wear the free Sean Payton T-shirts. I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying I think they that. will. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're just going to rally around and, sure. and 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 hope for the best. How how do you think the Saints are going to fare this year? As we're currently sitting here right after Memorial Day, you and me, Jim Moore, Senior. They Breeze is still unsigned. He's right. ticked off. There's no question about that. I mean, he's he's franchised. He'll be there, but he's not a happy camper right now. Uh, Vilma is suing the commissioner. They don't know. He's. We're assuming he won't be there. Coach is not going to be there. There's going to be an interim to the interim head coach. I've never heard that in any sport. The first <laughs> six games of the season. The interim know, to the interim. That's crazy. I want to see that business card. Know, Whoever that crazy. guy is going to be, I want to see the business card. Interim to the interim <laughs> head coach of the New Orleans Saints. There'll be talk all season long about what's Peyton really doing right now. I mean, he's yeah. going to have some contact. How can you actually... Um, police that I know that, but yeah. everyone's assuming. You know, all you got to do is send a carrier pigeon. You know, just or, yeah, or like Game of Thrones, caught, put it to a raven and figure it out. Fly a bird in somewhere. Obviously, he, if he gets caught, yeah, that would I be mean, the end of that. I, I wouldn't. I you wouldn't, wouldn't even mess with it. I wouldn't. There's be, not even from your no, coaching be, mentality. Because, you wouldn't no, even mess with got, that. That's what I'm saying right now. But I'm I mean, your lovely your lovely wife Connie is in the other room right there. You could say to Connie, "Hey, Connie, do me a favor." Do me a favor. I mean, I wouldn't. She's shaking her head. No, she would never do this. She would never do this. But I mean, just a friend saying, calling somebody up, sending a text saying, you know, this play in the first 15 scripted might work best or something like that. Never. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even attempt something. Rich, sitting here talking to you right now, having not having coached for a long time and all that kind of stuff. I'd say, no, I wouldn't. Now, if I was in Sean Payton's shoes, I might try to do something. But if you took a chance and got caught, you'd be in big time trouble for you know longer than one year. I think that would that would be a a, a lifetime situation. It might be. It probably would be. I, I don't think you, you gamble with that. I think you let it happen. What's going to happen? They're still going to have a pretty good football team. I don't. I don't know if I'd pick them to win the division, but if they get Breeze situation worked out, and they will. Uh, and he'll be the same Drew Brees, and and uh, you know I still think he, even if they don't work that situation out, and he's a franchise guy, I think for some reason he'll still be the same Drew Brees. I do too. I mean, because he's that kind the, of person, uh, right? I right. mean, like when it when 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 training camp starts, chips fall, he'll be there, right? Maybe that's what's working against him in yeah. these negotiations yeah, too, because yeah. I'm sure they're they're thinking the same thing, but. You know, you're right. That division. You think about that division. It's getting. It's it's far tougher than 
previous seasons. The Panthers mm-hmm. are, are getting better. Right. Tampa uh, Bay will be better. Mike Mayock on this podcast, I asked him after the draft week, name me a team that has put itself in the playoffs through the draft, if you can figure that out, sort of a la uh, the 2011 Bengals with A.J. Green and, and Dalton. Mm-hmm. They essentially put themselves in the playoffs mm-hmm. with that first and second round choices of last year's draft. Right. He said not just the draft, but what they did in free agency, all of it together, which, as you know, as a, a former coach in this league, you have to take it as a totality from the beginning of the offseason to the end. Buccaneers playoff team. He, he said, said that. that. Yes, he did. And he knows what he's talking about. With Knicks, Carl Nix, former Saint. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, a former um, San Diego Charger. Vince Jackson, those two guys, and what they drafted with Shiano as a new coach. He says they were playoff team. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Shiano, mm-hmm. the coach. That's how you. Put, yeah, yeah I, I, I think he'll do a heck of a job, and and I think they need this. Just from what I've heard, mm-hmm. past, <laughs> I, I think they need the the toughness, the discipline, uh, that kind of thing that he's going to bring to it. You know what I mean? I, I think that was lacking with Tampa Bay the past couple of years. Yeah, kicking the tail. Yeah, I as think a, they need and a as kick a coach, in the tail. As a coach coming into a new situation. You got to kick them in the tail if you think they need that. It's, it's, it depends what kind of a situation you're coming into, but basically you're going to come into a losing situation if you're a new Is that coach. what you did with the Colts? You kicked their I did it with the Colts and the Saints, more of the Saints than the Colts. But it, I've, my philosophy has always been, especially if you feel like that, that team has been a, bit, a little bit lax in discipline and toughness and intensity and things like that, you got to come in hard. I mean, really hard because – it's always easier to to to, to, to uh, ease up a little bit than it is to start easy and toughen up. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So you you got to set a high, high, high if you standard. Come, so if you if you come in easy and then stick uh, your foot, that don't work. It doesn't. No. No way. Really? No way. Why not? It just doesn't. So it, it's better to go the other direction. Oh, you got to. Got to. You did that with the Saints back and the in the Colts. day. Yeah. But oh, more Saints. so with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Did that work with your D? De- uh, when did you let, let me ask you this? The Dome Patrol. When did you realize how special what you had going on? Probably my, the second year when we went twelve and four or twelve and three. We only played fifteen games that year because it was a strike year. Right. But but yeah, I, I and, and you know I have a I had a feeling with the Saints. Uh, you know they never had a winning season. Yeah. Never had a winning season in twenty years of football in mm-hmm. the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay, went eight and eight a couple times. So I knew that. They needed a kick in the butt some way, you know, and better players more than anything, which we got. But uh, I, I felt like the first year I was there that it was a constant battle between me and the players. How so? <laughs> I don't know, because I was saying, asking them to do this and do this and do this and do this, which they'd never been asked to do before. And and, and I don't think they liked it a lot of the times. And and uh, we were 7-9 and nine the first year, but the next year we won 12 games, you know, so... And it's the same thing in Indianapolis. You know, Indianapolis, you go in and we were three and thirteen. Next year we were thirteen and three. Of course, Peyton had a year under his belt and all, all right. that kind of stuff too. On last week's podcast, I had the triplets. The uh, or two weeks ago, I had the uh, the triplets: um, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, and Emmett Smith together. Yeah. And I asked them about Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, talking about them. They talk about how, how tough he was and yeah. how hard he was. The thing that has surprised them now, looking back though, is that the Jimmy Johnson now the laid back guy that you see on Fox, the guy who's on his yacht or his boat fishing right. all the time. That's Jimmy Johnson. They said the guy who was kicking tail and sticking his foot, you know, where it don't shine. That wasn't him. And th- that subsequently Jimmy has told them it was tough for him mm-hmm. to play that guy, mm-hmm. even though in retrospect, they thought he loved mm-hmm. 
being that guy. Right. Did you love being that no, guy? No, I didn't love being that guy, but I, but that's always been my philosophy that you've got to be that way, especially initially. You have to be. And 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 then and, and and you can ease up a little bit as things goes on. And as you learn as a head coach, which I did in the NFL, how to do things a little bit differently. Maybe and I'm not saying necessarily ease up on discipline and things like that, but how hard you worked them, especially at the end of the season and things like that. I've one of my weaknesses as a head coach was to work teams too hard. I really felt that hurt us at times. I worked them too hard, especially later in the year, even in training camp sometimes. But uh and I had a hard time getting away from it. You know, it's push, push, push all the time with me. Uh, I think it helped in some ways, but maybe hurt in some ways too. But no, I, you don't enjoy being a jerk, you know. <laughs> you don't. Well, I mean, some people might. I don't know. I'm not one of those people. I want to be liked. You know what I mean? That's, well, I, yeah, because, I mean, uh, but maybe so to a fault in a way. But. Nah, nah, you can be tough. I've been around you. No, I've been around not you. like you. I I've mean, been around you. you I'm can a drill be sergeant, you know. No. But but in in terms of of coaching, last question on this: Do you think the better coaches are the ones who 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 like being disliked, or the better ones are those no. who are who are like in what you're describing, or Jimmy Johnson, where they knew they had to do it, but deep down it 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 took every fiber of their being to be that. Well, person. I think the better coaches are that way. You don't want to be disliked by. I don't care what kind of. You know who you are. You don't want to be disliked by your players, but you have to establish a philosophy, a standard, a toughness, a discipline. Hey, here's the deal. The right kind of players like want to be disciplined. They want to be coached. They want to be told what to do. They want that because they know it'll help them win. And that's what they want to do. They want to go and win a Super Bowl. And if you can convince them that this kind of approach is going to help them win and be a better football player, they want it. They don't want to be a goof-off team or goof-off player. They, they want to be told what to do and coached and stuff like that as long as they believe in you and respect you as a coach. Do you miss it sometimes? Sometimes. Now that I'm talking to you about it. Is that what it is? No, no. Not, but not when no. you're on like the 12th tee? Somewhere, <laughs> no. You know, sitting there. But even There's if you slice it, it, you're looking. You're looking for your ball. And you're like, man, I should be in a film session. <laughs> I somewhere. look for my ball a lot. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I can't have these conversations with Roger Ebert. You know what I mean? <laughs> Leonard Walton. I'm not having these talks with those guys. All right, let's get to movies. Um, to refresh people's memories, if they it's the first time, heaven forbid, they're listening to this podcast or you on it. Your history with films, deep, right? Your family was involved my with dad. the movie industry. My dad was a film editor, assistant film editor with 20th Century Fox for a long time. Up the street. Right up the street. Pico Boulevard. Pico Boulevard. Fox lot. Right. You grew up in the Fox lot? Uh, you spent well, a lot of time there? Well, we moved. He worked for them for a long time, but we moved out that way only hmm. when I was in the ninth grade. We just lived on Malcolm Avenue in Pico, where that it's not a few blocks away. Yeah. And then after that, he was the supervising film editor for the Art Linkletter People Are Funny show when it was on television. A lot of people won't remember that show, but... So, so I was around. In fact, one summer I worked at 20th Century Fox as a gipper, a gripper, a gripper, gripper, gripper. Uh-huh. gripper. Right. Did you win one for the gripper? What you saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's the speech. Win one for the gripper? I won one for the gripper. When you were I, the gripper? When I worked as a gripper. You, no. you, were, you were a gripper. Yeah. See? Now, now people would say that that's how you coach, too. Were you a gripper? No. <laughs> <That's> a gripper. <laughs> no. no. But uh, it was a fun job. I really enjoyed it. Now, I what mean, is a grip, too? A what grip is, is a guy, uh, what, what I did, Yeah. you know, you, you prepare the stage for the for the shoot when sure. they're going to shoot the scene. You go uh-huh. in with, you bring in all the electrical. We got all these cords here on the on the on the floor. Full floor here. You, you bring all these in, you know, you haul them in, take them out, haul them in, take them out, that kind of stuff. And then uh, for a few weeks during that summer, I actually got to go up on the on the ramp 
and and actually be in charge of a couple of the lamps like they have guys up there you might have three lamps you're in charge of up high mm -hmm. and and you're the one that the guy down there says turn that one on you turn it on he says make it brighter make it smaller you know that kind of stuff huh. the, the lighting directory checks it while they were filming a couple of films one of the films i helped on when i was up there was uh that's not a gripper that's a lamp operator okay most of the time, I was a gripper where you hauled all this stuff around up above, down below. But what film were you the light operator on? Uh, Desiree with uh, Marlon Brando and Gene Simmons, which is about Napoleon. He was Napoleon. Great, man. So I'm, si I'm sitting up there, Marlon Brando's down there doing a scene. Get man, out of here. Because I fired up, yeah. No and kidding. And Gene Simmons was one of the best looking women I've ever seen. <laughs> she was really good looking. Life I'm, is right I'm next to, yeah. No, she was really good looking. <laughs> Yeah. And the other one was that there's no business like show business with Marilyn Monroe, no Dan way. Daly. Yeah. Mar so you're you're on a set with Marilyn. Monroe. Yeah, I was up above. She was down there. Did you, you know? did you did you get to meet her? At no, I was a peon up there. Who knows? I've seen this movie. She. I, I just saw that movie. My my. You, did you see that movie? My weekend with Marilyn. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, that was a good movie. That could have been you. No, that, that, that could have been that, you, that Jim. Guy, that guy. Yeah. You could have been that, that guy. Kid, yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, that's why I figured I'd ask that. But so Mar I did see that movie. I didn't let you know. I saw it. See that movie. It's a good movie. How many diddly poos would you give that movie? <laughs> hey, I got re refresh my memory. The, okay, the diddly poo system is yeah. the the the, the uh, fewer the diddly poos, the better. It's the the, yeah, the okay. reverse of the zero star diddly system. Diddly poos. It's really right. a good yeah, movie. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so and what if would it's you give four my, diddly poos? It's a know, bad movie. Yeah, it's a clunker. Don't see it. Okay. If you give it four diddly poos, you're telling people okay. do not see. I got you. It. You are not recommending that. Film. Right. So how many diddly poos would you give? Uh, would Would you give my weekend with Marilyn? One and a half. One and a half. Yeah. All right. So it's right in the middle. Um, so again, before we get to these movies, Marlon Brando. Yeah, he was great. No kidding. He'd be in the middle of a of a scene where he had we had a long. Uh, a long thing to say, and he'd get about halfway through, and he'd make a mistake, and he'd just start swearing. You know, I mean, just just continue on because he screwed up, and he start he'd start swearing. But he, it was fun to watch him. Well, the story when he was the Godfather is he would use cue cards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that he just no uh, kidding. Yeah, he would just you no know. Kidding. And I've know. got this photograph. My wife gave it to me for a birth uh, one of my birthdays years ago. A picture of Francis Ford Coppola, the director yeah. from The Godfather, standing next to. Marlon Brando, who's who's scratching his head, looking at a script, and and Francis Ford Coppola is basically like pulling on one of his fingers, you know, in a way like as like the body language to me. The caption was, "Can you get this effing right already, no Marlon?" Kidding. That was what it looks like to me. Now I don't know, yeah. obviously, but just being on movie sets to me would be, you know, and how old were you when you were doing that? I was in college. In college. Yeah. No kidding. And if I'm looking at uh, the film Desiree, is that the name of the Desiree, film? Desiree, yeah. If I'm looking at the credits, will I see your name? Will I see Jim Moore's name? <laughs> yeah. Like as a light operator? Seriously, yeah. will I see? Would no. I, see, I would not see your name in the No. Credits. In any credits. There's, your no. name's not in any no. credits at all. No. No. You're one of the unsung heroes behind no, this. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Hey, Jim, you know how this works. You know how this works. If any teamwork, anything that's done here at NFL Network, anything that's done on a football team, everybody's got to pull together. Oh, Otherwise, I know. the whole thing yeah, falls right. apart. No, I go. But that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean... They don't have time for to put credits up for every gripper. That, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to these films. Let's get to films again. Uh, Ones the, that I've the, seen? The, yes. The, we're we're going to get to films that you have already seen. Okay. To recommend whether people should go and see these films. Okay. And then we're going to get to some of these, some of the films that just came out on Memorial Day weekend and others that are coming through the, the, the summer to are see. Are we going to give diddly gonna, poos to the ones I've seen? We are going to give the diddly poo rating system, which is once again, the fewer the diddly poos, the better. Okay. 
Gotcha. Okay. It's like sort of the reverse of the star system. Yeah. Starting with the film that is Gangbusters right now, third consecutive weekend, uh, last weekend, um, prior to Memorial Day, being the number one film in the country, Avengers. The okay. Avengers. I saw the Avengers. What do you what do you think of the Avengers? I'm gonna give it uh one and a half. One and a half one and a half diddly boost. What what do you think of the Avengers? Well, you know, I'm 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 not a big fan of all that stuff that's not very realistic. And I used to love comic books when I was a kid. And I, I read comic books. I collected them, all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, this is kind of a play on, on those for sure. Yeah, it, I it mean, is. I mean, all those guys. I and it was Iron good. Man I mean, I, I was very entertaining. It was, it was long, very entertaining. And the best part of the movie to me was the last part of it when they were doing, battling all the people that were messing up New York and all, you know, all the aliens and all the people. Is that an anti-New York bias that you have? Right no, there? no, no. <laughs> No. So, what, so what that no. was, I mean, you no, know, but, you know, but, I, but I, one and a half is not bad. I mean, that's, that's better than no, it's average. Not. It's not. Yeah. It's not. No, okay. it, was, it was entertaining. Let's put it that way. Very entertaining. And, and, uh, Scarlett Johansson, how was she? In Ooh, film? Foxy. Yeah. She's, yeah. I like her anyway. Yeah. 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 She was good in that. Okay. Yeah. I liked her. Okay. Yeah. So did that doesn't get one, like one half fewer diddly poos just for having her in the film. <sighs> I got, I'm going with what I, okay. One and, and a half diddly poos. I'm not going to change. Jim Moore senior one and a half diddly poos to the Avengers, um, uh, you saw the dictator. Did you mm-hmm. see the dictator? Saw Sasha the dictator Baron Cohen, the other night. Aaron Faris, Ben Kingsley, Sasha Baron Cohen's latest film, The Dictators. What did you think of the, di- uh, the dictator? I, I really liked it, and I didn't think I would. Did you see Bruno? Did you see? Yeah, I saw these? Bruno. You saw Bruno. I, I kind of liked him better than Bruno. And I said, you know, sometimes when I go into a movie, it's kind of the mood I'm in, mm-hmm. whether I like it or not. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay. Yeah, and I, I was. I went into this the dictator. I was. I was in a good mood and I laughed. I thought it was really funny and entertaining and mm-hmm. yeah, kept my attention the whole time. I liked it a lot. Okay. And I think I liked it better than Bruno. You, so the dictator is better than Bruno. I, in my opinion. How does it relate and to Borat? Did you see Borat? Did oh, you maybe, see? maybe I didn't see Bruno. Maybe I so saw Borat. Was the one he was wrestling around with the guy in the nude. <laughs> was that Borat? Yes, that was Borat. Okay, I didn't see Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been wrestling in Bruno as well at one point. I might have forgotten that scene. But no, yeah, he was wrestling Borat. in Bruno and uh, Borat. Okay, so the you, the dictator is better than Borat to you. I liked it, and, and, but it's been a while since I saw Borat, but yeah, I, I think I liked it better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Sasha Baron Cohen's The Dictator gets how many diddly poos? Two. Two diddly poos. So you're placing the Avengers above mm-hmm. the dictator mm-hmm. right now so mm-hmm. far. You saw um, the film The Gray, Liam Neeson, Dermot Mulrooney, plane crashes in Alaska, four diddly poos. They didn't like it at all. Depressing, awful, dark, depressing, four diddly poos. It was bad. Really? That was bad, I thought. Jim, I think in in the, the two years you've been doing this, I do not recall a... F- four diddly poos. Four <laughs> For diddly- the gray, yeah. For the gray. It was bad, I'm telling you. Wow. Rich. What was so bad about it? It's just depressing and dark and boring and and the same thing all the way through. A bunch of guys out in the woods and these wolves are attacking them. I mean, it's just, it was a bad movie. I mean, I'm telling you, don't go see it. Did you almost It's, it's gone anyway. Did you, I, know, I know a lot of these films are gone. Some of them are. Um, yeah. How about... You're um, not getting to the good ones yet. I'm getting to the okay. good ones. Here we go. Um, the Hunger Games. Hunger Games to me was a great movie. And I had no idea... The only way I knew something was about was my wife had read the book, so she told me a little bit about it. And I didn't know if I was going to like it. I thought maybe it was a kid's movie or something. Well, you know? I mean, all my grandkids the, have read the book. It's for the tweens, as they say. Okay, I thought it was a great movie. Great movie. So you liked it. What did you like about it? I thought the girl, the main character in it, the girl was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Yeah, outstanding. Katniss. She played Katniss right. Everdeen. Yeah. 
I don't know. It just the, 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 it was well done from a standpoint of the beauty of the, all the big celebrations they had mm-hmm. and the fighting at the end and chasing and all that kind of, did you see it? Oh, sure did. Yeah. Did, yeah. I, 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 I had a tough time with the, um, with the concept of yeah, killing. kids kids fighting kids. Yeah, I had I an thought, issue with that. But that's me with a three-and-a-half-year-old and a 16-month-old. Right. You know, you, you're you empty nesters for a long time. <laughs> what do you care? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I worried about that a little bit, too, but I right. just like the movie. I, re- I came out of there saying, man, that was a heck of a movie. Stanley Tucci was my favorite part of the movie. He was, he, oh, he, he was. He played the uh, the uh, the MC of right. the television no, he was version good. of The Hunger Games. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. That was funny. That was a good send-up of... A lot of people do what I do for a living. Um, so what do you give The Hunger Games? Zero. Zero diddly poos. Zero. A perfect film? Yeah. Well, wow. perfect. No, I, I mean, mean zero diddly oh, No, no, okay. I'm Listen, you zero. A zero diddly yeah. poos. If I'm going to give The Dictator two, you? and if I'm going to give Avengers one and a half, I'm going to give Hunger Games zero. Hunger Games zero. And yeah. The Gray four. four. Oof. Uh, headhunters. No, f- not the headhunters. Just headhunters. Hent- uh, headhunters, a foreign language Norwegian film, an accomplished headhunter risks everything to obtain a valuable painting owned by a former mercenary. I got to be honest oh, with you. Yeah. I think I fell asleep just reading that. Let description. me just tell you something. Yeah. If you go see that movie, if, mm. if you, I don't know if you like English subtitles, you will you will call me on the phone immediately mm-hmm. and say, Jim, thank you for thank you for suggesting that I go see that movie. No kidding, it's that good. <laughs> Zero deadly fools. Zero deadly fools. Headhunters. It was really good. Really good. Outstanding. It's a you know mystery kind of thing. Yeah, it's not about art. I mean, that's part of it, but it's right. you no, know, I, don't I, get me wrong. Art films are great too. I mean, I mean it, it, you, like I said, you I will absolutely love it. I'm just telling you. Go see it if you can. Best so is that the best foreign language film you've seen recently? Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of them, but that's the best one. Well, you saw one with Casa Demi Padre, oh, Will Ferrell. Was... Will Ferrell doing his his four. That was awful. <laughs> that was that was he worse. Spoke, than... But he spoke complete Spanish throughout the entire yes, film. Yes, though. yes. You got to give him. You got to give him uh, half of a diddly poo off the floor four, just for that. No, four. the only thing that I would make it a three and a half was. The girl in it wasn't bad. To look Diego at. Luna? Is that I who guess, that was? I don't know. Oh, the ladies. <laughs> I might give it, give it a, but no, it was bad. I don't know if you're getting, are you getting in my ear, Chris? Because I can't. Okay, Diego's a guy. Who's the girl in that film? Who's, okay, we're going to get that one for you. But so, four. Okay, four, four diddly poops. It was awful. Um, I didn't know it was going to be a, a, a Spanish speaking the whole, the whole way. Well, I see, didn't know now that. that now, if, if you had gone into it knowing that. Yeah, I didn't know it. I think you might have had a different point of view but if you knew this is a will ferrell movie and you're thinking you're gonna see anchorman yeah right right well ricky bobby I, that's what and I then thought. you go in and see casa demi padre yeah, it was a big i mean disappointment i mean that's what that might have made you know what i mean like that's got to make a difference okay Still gets so, oh, here we go Still, i'm not changing <laughs> who's I'm, that genesis rodriguez the girl it? yeah mm, she's nice yeah. Yeah? yeah the book you like the book of genesis <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Three uh, chapters in that one. Okay, uh, let's get to some. Fil- is there is there anyone that's down here I didn't ask you about? I mean, uh, there's Safe House. That's nah, another older that was film. Okay, yeah, okay. Older film. But so you say you loved Hunger Games. Hunger Games the, and the, Headhunters were the two best. I've, two the, of the better movies I've seen. And, and no wonder the Hunger Games was so popular and made a gajillion dollars. If they're getting the eight year old girl sneaking in and the fifteen year old girl and all the teenage boys. And then you, Jim Moore. Right. I mean, the elderly, that's, that the is seniors, his, well, senior. No, I'm not saying that. I'm seniors. not saying I didn't say elderly. I mean, seniors. you did. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's yeah, along good. the broad I really spectrum. Yeah. Okay. 
Have you ever walked out of a film? I don't think I have. So if you didn't walk out of the gray, you're never going to walk out. Is that how bad the gray was? Is that how you would describe how bad? Probably. Pretty much. Yeah. Very depressing. Let's get to some films that are coming out that would you see? Are you interested in seeing? Although you're not, you're not a too discerning a film goer. You're gonna, you, you, you like seeing pretty much all types of films, right? I mean, yeah, but there's some. I mean, when you go to these movies, you see all these previews, you know. And there's some that say, "Hey, I got to go see that." Some you say, eh, "I don't think so." Yeah, you pass, right? Yeah. Uh, Men in Black Three. You're gonna see that? Probably not. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Did you see Men in Black? I saw the first one. That was great. That it was, was all great. Right. You didn't like Men in, Men in Black with the the first one? Yeah. Is is that's a that's a that's a great film. Okay. I liked it. I, 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 it was a funny it's comedy. It's been a long time. I love Will Smith. I think he's he's he's, no, he's rarely good. bad in anything. No, he's good. I don't think he's ever been bad in anything. Okay, so you like that? I, I, yeah, you're going well, you're not going to go see it. Probably not. Not, not going to see it. Um, how about um, uh, Rock of Ages? Have you heard oh, about? I'll go that? see that in New York second. Why? I like musicals first of all, mm-hmm. and I've seen the previews of it, and it really looks good. Tom Cruise. Yep. Alec Baldwin. Yep. Paul Giamatti. Right. Good people. Yeah, some really good actors yep. in that. The other guy, the crazy guy that was married to Kate Perry. Oh, Russell Brand. Huh? What's his name? Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katy Perry's got a film coming out on July 5th. Katy Perry, Part of Me. I don't know about that one. Would you see that? I might. Pro- just, maybe. Just, 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 but I'm Katie. definitely going to see Rock of Ages. It, 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 Rock of Ages. Yeah, I like musicals. So I love musicals. You're in for Russell Brands, but Katy Perry's... Well, I no, I just mentioned Russell Brands. Okay. I'd rather see Katy Perry than Russell Brands. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> She's talented. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire okay. Hunter. I saw the previews of that the other night, and uh, that's a maybe. That's a maybe. That's a whacked out concept right yeah it is it's a maybe he, and i'm not into vampire stuff i didn't yeah. I haven't seen any of those vampire movies do you watch true blood on television no okay no so you're not really a vampire no i'm not guy. a vampire guy did you ever see the vampire chronicles from years ago no. never saw that so no. you just like have you ever seen a vampire film love it yeah, first bite ago. even with george hamilton <laughs> no i think i probably saw that you probably saw that <laughs> yeah okay um let me see another uh snow white and the huntsman Charlie's Theron playing the Queen of Hearts. I'd have to see the previews. I'd have to see the previews. Yeah, there's a lot of them in, in the kids' films. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to see the previews. Too. Do you take your grandkids to see films? I have, yeah, a lot. What, what's the last one? Well, you they're, saw? you know, they don't live around here. No, but... I know. When you ever get a chance? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. My, my kid yeah. is crazy right now for Madagascar 3. He sees oh, okay. he sees the uh, billboards everywhere. He sees them on back of buses. He sees them on sides of buses. Nuts. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. That's the next one for the kids. Would you see a kids movie without your grandkids or no? Would what you I know? It? Probably not. All right. So what are you going to see? How about Magic Mike? You going to see that? You heard about Magic Mike, it's a uh, male stripper film by uh, Steven Soderbergh. Is, so who's in is it? Is the director. Uh, Channing Tatum's in it. He's the guy from uh, The Vow. Yeah, I know. 21 Jump Street. Yeah. I feel like I'm trying to. I'm well, not well, selling you on this. Is it a I mean, comedy? It's, it's, it's got to it, be a it's, comedy. Well, it's huh? Steven Soderbergh, so you know it's going to be. It's going to always have that wink and a nod. Um, you know, it's not that serious. Yeah, right, type thing. right, right. Yeah, I didn't see Twenty One Jump Street. I always wanted to see that. I didn't see it. Funny, I, yeah, I, funny. That's what I've heard. Funny, and I went into that thing and all right. Yeah. You know, that is a funny movie. Channing Tatum yeah. and um and uh, uh Jonah Hill. Right, Jonah Hill. That I would I I would give um. 21 Jump Street, one diddly poop. Really? 
That's well, how funny it was. Oh, I gotta go. I'm see seriously, that. Yeah, yeah. That it's funny. Rob Riggle's in it too, and there's some, there's some really. I mean, there's some rude. I mean, there's some really rude moments in it. Yeah, I just give you that warning. Okay, there's some, there's that's some, fine. But Magic Mike, maybe. That's a maybe. Maybe. Okay. Again, I probably have to see the previews. To okay. Make a I think. I think. But I've seen pre. I've seen previews of some good movies coming out. How about uh, w- which ones then? I don't. I don't know. I can't. You, you, uh, if I give you some more, will you see the Dark Knight Rises? Will you see the yes, new? You'll I'll see go the see new. That. You'll see the new. I saw Batman the previews movie. of that. I'll go see that. You'll see the new. Batman that looked good. Movie. Yeah. Uh, will you see Ted? Ted's a. Ted. Wait a minute. I saw the Ted. Has Seth MacFarlane, you know the voice, yeah. of the bear. Oh, Mark this, Wahlberg, this is this is a, uh, a and Mila <laughs> Kunis. Is she my girlfriend? No, uh, but it's an animated. No, oh, it's not. It's not Mila Kunis. It's going to be like one of those uh, sort of. It's not animated. The bear's animated, and everything else is real. Oh, really? Well, I might go see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not the voice of Mila Kunis. I would okay. not bring that. Listen, uh, I know my audience. Uh, I would not bring this up unless I was saying you were getting the 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 full live Mila Kunis. Good, I might go see it. You might. Oh, well, I, right. I probably I think, will. Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, I probably will. I'm trying to, by the way, get that done. Is get her on this podcast. Oh, really? Why don't you? With you, that'd be awesome. I don't know if I. I you know, she's. she's I better not time. see her on this thing without me coming. Without <laughs> without you telling me to, you want me here too. If I'm watching it one day and Mila Kunis is on it and I'm sitting home, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'll be mad. <laughs> I'll never get you back here. No, we're done. I'll get the real diddly poo speech. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll get. Oh man, I love having you on. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, that's my boy. Okay, that's kind of screwy too. That's Adam Sandler's movie. Right, I've seen the previews. Of um, that. and uh, Andy Samberg. Right, and Rex Ryan is in the film. Are you kidding me? Nope. Huh? And he plays a Patriot fan. Oh, is that right? Yes, he does. How does he get all those things like that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's well. Sandler's a Jet fan. Oh, he is. That helps. Oh, that's why. Yeah. That's a big help. Yeah, that's. But why. you know, Rex strikes oh, me yeah. as like a. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you ever been in a film? Have you ever no. acted? No. Have you ever played yourself? Other no. than just like the no. like commercials? No, <laughs> no, no. Well, this is what we're gonna no. do. We're gonna either get you a film part or uh, hang out with Mila Kunis. Just as a, I'd rather just, have I'm, I'm Mila Kunis. <laughs> Heck with the film part. Uh, and Brad Pitt's a big Saints fan, so maybe maybe yeah. Brad can put you in a film or something like that. I don't know. You were not interested. I'm a has-been down there. Oh, don't say that to me. That's ridiculous. Tyler Perry's Medea's Witness Protection. Will you see that? Never heard of it. Okay. Um, very good. This is all good, man. Um, thank you for coming on, as always. How, last question. How is How's your son? He's working Jim. his tail off. He's, I, I know. He's working his tail He's off. He's going to do great things. I think town. so. He just keeps his mouth shut sometimes. You know? <laughs> well, he's your son. I know. That's the problem. That's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about. I think he's. I think he's made for this gig. Well, let me say he, it that way. I'm not just saying that because I love you and I love him and yeah. I love your family. I think he is made for this gig at this time in this town at that spot. I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. I am too. I see. I think he's an outstanding football coach, and and he just sometimes he's opened his mouth a few times and hurt him a little bit, you know, but because he has a temper, like I had, and uh, but he's a he's a really good football coach, and he's into this job. I'm telling, and he's always been into jobs, of course. But he's working his tail off. I mean, he's he's got a great staff. Hired. They had a good recruiting year for coming in late. Mm-hmm. He worked the heck out of them in spring practice, and 
and he's he's pushing the heck out of those that's guys. That's great. I mean, that's all. I can't yeah. wait to see what he's going to look like in it's the gonna, Rose Bowl, whether that place all filled up and people excited. Be nice. and it, yeah, I can't wait. He, for he's that gonna. Time. It's gonna. T- it's not gonna happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, uh, your your lovely wife Connie uh, apparently caught what I caught as you were talking about your son's temper that you referred to yours in the past tense. Um, she, uh, mentioned it to her producer, Chris Law, who got in my ear. What'd she say? Well, she said, uh, you know, temper, had temper, you know, as if it's what you said. That That he had a temper? No, no, you said that Jim has a temper like I had. Yeah. You referred to your temper. Oh, she said I still got one. Well, I think that was more than implying that. I think she flat out said that you still have one. Yeah, you don't change, you know. You you mature a little bit. You know, I'm not as bad as I was. (laughs) I don't know. It's not like, it's not talking to her. It's not like going before the media after a... It's Bad not. Game. It's not. No. Connie's not holding your feet to the fire. No. <laughs> Same way that the Indianapolis Star did back in the day. The Times Picayune. Do you get I mean, do you get bad at a, mad at a golf ball? Are you are you do you have the temper in a I'm golf I'm better course? than I was. No, I'm not real you bad th- at it. Do you ever I, throw a golf club? You've thrown a golf club. No, never thrown a golf never club. Never thrown a golf club. Never thrown a golf club. I have actually thrown a golf yeah, club. Yeah, well, that's, I, and it's, and it's not, and I'm not good. It's bad. I, I hate when I do that because I'm that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I know. I don't either. Course. Yeah. I, it's I not that bad. I haven't thrown one in years, but I, I did back in the day. Well, I have okay. matured. I'm sure you have. I we have. all do. I know. We most all have. Be, most of us do. So the next film you get a chance to see, Are you, what, what do you think? What have you seen? <sighs> Battleship? Would you see that? Would I probably would, but I, you know, I'm, I, if I can find Twenty One Jump Street, if you're giving it a one, I would. I give it a one diddly poo. I do I'm, give that I'm, a one diddly poo. I might find out where it's playing and go see it. I do. I thought that was very fun. Again, that was one of those where you go in like, all right, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. Well, like, other people why? told me it's good. Hilarious. Yeah, I'm telling you. And Channing Channing Tatum is very funny. Go see the, Headhunters. Okay, the Norwegian film. Yeah, go see it. With the, as you say, uh, inappropriate, uh, or, or the, an accomplished headhunter risks just, everything that doesn't do to it, just obtain it. a valuable pen. I'm telling see, you. See, I just fell asleep again, no, right no, in the middle no. of it. Really? It, I'm going to go guy, see a Norwegian guy, film with American subtitles, English subtitles. You, and you're, promise me you'll go see it. And I, I, I and love then I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you as soon, right after the next day. Okay. I've got to find that. I've got to find Headhunters. Okay. Four, you gave uh, zero diddly poos to Headhunters and Hunger Games. Right. One and a half Those diddly poos to Avengers, the Avengers. You gave two diddly poos to The Dictator, although you thought it was better than Borat. Yeah. Um, and uh, Casa Demi Padre got four diddly poos, although I have to say, you going into thinking you're getting your normal standard fare Will so. Ferrell film, you're, you're automatically going to be disappointed. Yeah, the, I was. From I was very go. disappointed. Um, so I, I'm going to give that four diddly poos with an asterisk, though. Okay. You know, just you can, for that it's fact. Your show. You can do That's not my show. It's <laughs> not my show. It's your system. You could tell me what. But the gray is a flat out, hardcore, lead pipe solid four yeah, diddly yeah, poo film. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. Okay. Good to see you. Thanks for Rich. coming in. My pleasure. You're the Always. best. It's You're fun. the best. You're it's the best. Fun. That's Jim Moore here on the Rich Eisen podcast, my official movie reviewer. Jim Moore Sr., everybody, threatening not to return. If he sits on his couch in his Palm Springs home and sees Mila, Mila Kunis. Kunis on this program. Oh, man, that's going to be amazing if we can get oh, those two boy, together. Come on. If we, oh. that, that will take every fiber of magic this podcast may have to uh, weave together. I, I apologize it, for getting in your ear, but when Connie, when he said about his temper and Connie, he goes, No, but oh, I, I heard used it to too. Have a temper and Connie what goes, used, used to. to. I know. Past tense. You're going to be kidding me. Oh. Hey, once a Marine, always a Marine. There you go. And how about Jeff Schaefer dropping the knowledge? We gotta, can we get that out? Does, our, does the NFL Network PR have entertainment? Do we break news uh, on the uh, entertainment? Because you know what? I, I checked tentacles? on uh, so I'll tweet it out. 
I checked on IMDb Pro, it's not and out there. it's not even announced, <clears throat> according to that. So, and they even have, they even have, because I even heard, he even named the, the, who the director is. The guy did super bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll definitely, we'll get that out there. How about the more important news of the day? Uh, we might be starring in the league. Nah, in the cameo nah, 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 experience. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Look, if the Danettes can appear at Adam Sandler movies, we can be on an FX TV Speaking show. Speaking of which, they're on this podcast next yes, week. Yes, they are. We're going to have all four of them from the man cave. The producer of, of, uh, of the film, Jack Yerpudo, who's a longtime uh, friend and also uh, he's a partner of Sandler. That's my boy is the new movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he specifically requested, please put the Danettes on on the podcast. And as you know, I'm a I'm a uh, friend and fan of and contributor of Dan Nation oh, yeah. every week on the every, Dan Patrick Radio every Friday. Show. Every that, Friday, that show's great. Um, although I think I'm going to ask to be on next Thursday. Because uh, I want to get it on the pimp out the, the podcast, yeah, yeah, the, the television go. show. It's so, also my anniversary that Thursday, so oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, so anniversary bump. Yeah, let's see. Well, let's hope there's not one. <laughs> no, no. Oops. Yeah, sorry. I already got two at home, my man. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Yeah, you had a great Labor Day Hello. tweet this weekend, by the way. I mean, Memorial Day. Uh, yeah, I just run our test myself. Did you see that yesterday? Yeah. yeah uh, happy Labor Day. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Man. Mm. Yeah, the you survive. mean meta world peace? Uh, meta world peace. You mean survive in advance? Survive in advance. Yeah. What was it? It was like Memorial the Day. Was it? You know, three day weekends used to be about relaxing. Then came two kids. Now it's about getting to Tuesday unscathed with the hashtag survive. Survive in and advance. advance. I did like the uh, hour you killed at the farmers market. Yeah, farmers support market. your local farmers there market, everybody. Certainly, when it kills an hour with. Two kids in the middle of a three-day weekend. Holy! What'd schools. you guys buy? Did they did you let them? Oh gosh, no. We, you know, we do it. We we have a regular. We got a regular. We got a regular thing going yeah. on there. Was there any grilling involved for you this weekend? No. No barbecue. No barbecue, <laughs> please. <sighs> but it was a fun weekend. Uh, we got Matt Light coming up this week, and also Brian Dawkins. This is fun. This is fun. And then uh, on the Brian Dawkins podcast is when we'll give away the signed copies of Analog Band, Joe Walsh's new uh, Absolutely. Um, standalone, uh, uh, I guess, single album. Yeah, you can still uh, enter for your chance to win if you if you want to call solo it entering. Um, yeah, uh, you just hashtag Analog Man or hashtag Billy Bob Tapes for the Billy Bob Thornton book to yep. at the Eisen podcast. Correct. All right, boys. Thanks very much. Oh, it was a pleasure, Rich. Before Peace we out. go, international shout out of the week. Oh yeah, I, uh, somebody tweeted that you didn't, didn't do, it, do last it last week, week, which was like, "Don't feed that beast." <laughs> what do you got? The Philippines this week. Oh! Thanks for listening, uh, all out there in the Philippines. Keep it coming, and don't forget if you want to tweet us pictures of keep your location. What, keep what coming from the Philippines? Keep the love. Keep the love okay. coming. For the we'll make sure of it. We know. One of my good friends plays basketball. Yeah, say, the see, there you go. So yeah. could be, it could be a listener. Could All right, be. boys. Could be. All right, Rich. Good thanks. shout out to the Philippines, bro. Something yeah. I've never said in my professional career. Chris underscore Brockman. Keep them coming. At Chris underscore Brockman. Oh. At Topher Law at with Topher a P-H-E-R Law. law. I'm, I'm thinking about a switch and name got to. I can't keep spelling your it. freaking Twitter address. <laughs> and at Rich Eisen or at the Eisen Podcast. Peace out. Stay listening, friends.